This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Monday, July 16th. This is episode 213. This is episode 213. Everybody who listened to last week's episode and didn't send me a message saying, Dan, you're stupid, because I said last week it was 213. <laughs> well, now you know. And so I'm calling you all out for not calling me out. There you go. Yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah. Listen to all of our fake news. <laughs> Jeez. Fake news. That fucking guy, man. Committing, uh, committing what former CIA chief has so said is nothing short of treasonous today Treason. in his meeting with Putin and talking about how well, he, 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 Putin denied it really strongly. I don't think yeah. that they, I, I really, I don't think there's any reason to he, believe that Russia was involved he, in the election. Yeah. He said it three times. And if you say anything three times, it's, <laughs> it's true. I just can't with that guy. Yeah, well, he even was it. He did a a interview with uh that UK was this like the Sun Time or whatever over there. I can't remember the name of the the Sun Time. Yeah, there. I, I think it's, I think just it's the called Sun. the Sun. Yeah. And when it got put out and people were quoting it, that's he the kept, one that shows boobies in it. I believe. Uh, does it? Yeah. Well, he was saying, "Well, it was that that's fake news? I didn't say that." And I was like, "Well, it came from a direct interview with yeah. you, you yeah, fucking is- <laughs> dumbass." <laughs> and, well, that's just it. Like. He's by this point realized that it doesn't fucking matter what he says or does. Yeah. Like he knows that if he says it, if it comes out of his mouth, he can say whatever he wants. And then as soon as he doesn't want it to be whatever, he can just say, no, I never said that. And his, his supporters fucking believe it. Yeah. And his supporters are like, yeah, he never said that. He said it three times. Okay. Well, here's the recording of him saying whatever. Well, but that's not what he meant. You're taking him out of context. I fucking, on Sunday, watching the Sunday news programs, I can't tell you how many times I heard a Trump supporter on one of the Sunday news programs. They would be given a direct quote from Donald Trump and they would say, yeah, well, but that's not what he meant. Or what I take that to mean is, okay, okay, but this is what the president said. This is the direct quote from him. Well, yeah, but I think you're just reading too much into that. I mean, yeah, that's what he said, but what he meant was, it's like, no, he no, said, is he that fucking stupid yeah. or are you that fucking blind that you're going to provide cover for him every fucking time he says it? it's both. It's both. He's that mm-hmm. fucking stupid yeah, and you're that blind and you're going to cover for him that much. It's, it's driving me fucking nuts that every time I watch the news now, there's a Republican on television telling me that what I heard Donald Trump say is not what he said. Yeah. Only if it doesn't fit their narrative. If what he says fits their narrative. Well, yeah, yeah. He said that it's a great, great, great plan. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah, they're gaslighting yeah. everybody because they're used to how to treat the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> if it works for you, that's literal, and the rest yeah. is metaphor. Yeah, and and why don't why aren't they calling for his uh, Nobel Peace Prize anymore with North Korea? 
<laughs> just curious. Um, uh, yeah, how's what, that going? What was it that North Korea has or has not done recently that would make all of that talk just disappear? I don't know. It's like magic. Like it all just poof went away. Yeah. It's all North Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, they're building more nukes. We better shut the fuck up. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that you don't even hear Trump like mocking Kim Jong-un anymore, like calling him Little Rocket. Like he doesn't fucking talk. No. About, he doesn't mention it at all anymore. Did you hear what the because fuck he, he did? Because he fucking lost. He lost there. And so he's, it, well, now I'm not going to pay any attention to it at all because mm-hmm. I don't even want to talk about it. Did you hear the gift he sent to Kim? No. A... Trump autographed album of Elton John's Rocket Man. Are you being are you being I am being right fucking serious. According to what they said though, so Trump had given that to uh one of Kim Jong Un's like people. Uh-huh. But there was no confirmation if it ever made it to him. Huh. But they said that Trump autographed an album but his name. So not even not even something he's created. It's no. somebody else's creation. Oh, everybody just likes my signature. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because so I guess when they were having their meeting, he asked him, well, do you know what Rocket Man is? Have you ever heard the song? And he said, no, I don't know the song. I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds about. too fantastical. Look at the fuck up. I'm, I'm Look at the fuck up. This. <laughs> keep, keep talking amongst yourselves while I, oh, while I look uh, this up. Did you hear, Ryan, that Charles Manson is getting out of prison? What? No shit. Yeah. Really? Like, when? (laughs) 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 Let's see. Rocket Man, Trump autographs Elton John John, CD for Kim Jong-un from Mm -hmm. Vox, from The Guardian, from from USA USA Today. Okay. From Business Insider. Wow. I, I hope you realize that it was no reflection <laughs> oh, on no, you necessarily. No, it's just it sounds fucking crazy. I can't. Yeah. I understand having to fact check that. <laughs> what oh a master God. of diplomacy he is. When I saw, I first saw it on Facebook. I didn't even click on it because I'm like, oh, that's fucking a funny thing. Yeah, it's got to be from the Onion. Then I saw or... it on CNN, and I was like, wait. Now I'm clicking on it on when I saw it on CNN. I'm like, holy shit! God this, damn, this is real. This is fucked. <sighs> Seven days ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't want to talk about that guy anymore. Nah. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about him for the rest of the night. Because fuck him. Uh, but, so what did you guys do over the last week? Uh, I started, we, we, we made a funny sh- show thing for Facebook. A funny show thing for Facebook? Who's well, we? Uh, me and a, f- a friend. We played Dumb Hicks giving not very good car advice. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And a lot of people are liking it. Like, uh, you need to get some more fluid for your lights. That's one of, we did, we filmed 10 of them. Yeah. One of them was the fluids for your lights. Huh. Uh, we did one where there's a conspiracy, uh, them killing the dinosaurs for the oil for our cars. Did your honk run out? Did your car run out of honk? We didn't do that. There's muffler <laughs> bearings. Uh, there's slamming your car into reverse to do a burnout. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, pretty much everything we tell you to do on the thing would break your fucking car. Uh huh. I told you guys about my ex wondering that, right? Like if your car would ever run out of honk. Oh no. Yeah. Well, actually, they can. Our fire trucks can run out of honk and brakes. Yeah. <laughs> if you bleed all the air out of the air tank, you're done. Because <laughs> <laughs> the 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 horns are air operated. Ah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, my my ex one day we were driving down the road and somebody cut me off and I laid on the horn 
and I could just feel that she was thinking about something. She she does this thing where she like sticks her jaw out and kind of squints a little bit while she's thinking about stuff, kind like, of grinds her teeth a like, little bit. Like, wait. And so I could just I could just see this kind of like out of the corner of my eye that she's obviously thinking about something after I laid on the horn. And she finally turns to me and she says, Can 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 your car like run out of honk? Like is it like well, does it do you have to do you have to do anything for it? Like can it just is it like what how do I don't I don't have I don't know how it works. <laughs> and I'm like, no, well, I can't run out of honk. It's 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 a it's a diaphragm with some electrical wires on it that you, you, electricity goes through it and it vibrates yeah, really well, fast. Well, and it, I'm sure she figured it was some like an air horn. Like yeah. she's picturing blowing into a horn, or like the like the air like the, the can ones that yeah yeah is it compressed air you're yeah. gonna have to replace at mm-hmm. some point? Like because I I would like I laid on the horn <laughs> like it was a huh. Well, if your car was off, I mean yeah. technically technically the battery could die after a long time. Sure, but that's not really running out of honk. That's running out of a battery. Power, out of yeah, battery power. but if that happened to her, she would hear the horn start like winding down with the lower the battery got and she's like see you ran out of honk gotta, gotta refill it <laughs> told you it could happen <laughs> uh anything else uh put up blinds or new curtains and stuff today that's what oh. i did yeah been doing some decorating have you well i put it down in the basement where the big tv is and the bar is and i put out some blackout oh, nice. curtains and stuff for the windows so. i need to do that down in my basement here because you can't fucking watch anything during the middle of the day yeah because you, you get that reflection yeah, so yeah, yeah. And you, sir? Um, I should probably give a plug for last week's guest, uh, Regina Tippetts, who I went and saw today, had a conversation. It was good. Yeah? Yeah. Well, yeah, she, cool. she, at the end of uh, last week, said, hey, you should come and talk to me. Yeah, you're fucked up. Come over. <laughs> 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 I love your hat, too, by the way. Thanks, man. Ryan, yeah. Ryan mentioned it when you came in. It's got a... Just a silhouette of a ape, of a of a gorilla head, and it says in silver lettering Harambe R A P. Mm-hmm. I like it very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you went and saw Regina. How did that go? Yeah, good. Uh, we talked for a while. Yeah, I was late because of that, so my apologies. Oh no, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fine. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Yeah. She help you figure anything out yet? You're going to go back and see some, her more? Yeah. I'll have to go back, but it did. There was, there was some cool stuff. Um, it's funny. Like, it's just stuff that you can't really, like, it seems to make sense once you do it. You're like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, of course, you know, but like you could never, I could never think of it on my own. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like being able to take, like, so your memories are kind of like stuck in certain, like when you th- think way, way back to when you're a kid, like you have these certain images of how something or other was, right? Mm. And so like those images like kind of bring up emotions, whether it's good or bad or whatever. But like, mm. I never thought that I can change that. Like I could just, mm. I could just bring up that thing and then go grab three-year-old me and put him figure, like just put him next to me on the couch so he doesn't have to go through that thing. You know what I mean? So I could just kind of pull him out of my that memory where he's sitting there, and then he's not there. Now he's safe. Like, he's not in that anymore, hmm. which sounds kind of weird, but it's cool. Like, it's it's just a way to, like, reshape the way that you remember um, certain things, and then maybe some of that stuff will kind of go with it, you know, some of the some of the bad things. 
<laughs> Some of the bad things that go bye bye. Well, that's cool. She yeah, yeah. she seems really cool. I I have received uh, a couple messages from listeners who are like, I want to go to her. Yeah, yeah, and she and there's uh, there's other stuff too that that was that was really helpful. But she's uh, super cool, and it's really easy to talk to her. So if you're thinking about talking to her, you should. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you're thinking about going to see a therapist, you should you should do that because I think a lot of people have this, you know, if they have never gone to see a therapist, they have this preconceived notion of what therapy is and that it's this very clinical thing where you go in and the doctor sits in a sits in a comfy armchair with their legs crossed and a pad of paper and they're taking notes while you're laying on a chaise lounge or a couch spilling your guts to someone and this person is asking you questions like tell me about your mother <laughs> you know it's and and that it's this very sterile hands-off thing but every therapist that i've gone to see and i've seen a few uh but every one of them that i've gone to see is just it's it's just a relaxed open atmosphere i mean you just like you have a conversation with them like hey what's what's on your mind what's bothering you what can i help you with or you know, what, what problems are you having? How can we work through this? That kind of stuff. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a conversation with somebody who knows how to guide a conversation mm-hmm. to help you become a more healthy person mentally. Yep. And yeah, they're, they're just laid back. It's so it's, it, it reminds me of when I try to get people to come on the show who have never yeah, mm, tell them done like, an hey, interview. It's, it's like, just a conversation. it's just a conversation where we just totally casual, you know, relaxed. Feel free to say whatever the fuck you want. If you want me to cut something out later, we can. Mm-hmm. No big deal. It's just a conversation where you're going to have a good time. You'll be fine. And they're always very nervous before they come on. And then they come on the show and it's like, oh, yeah, that was no problem yeah, at all. That was, that was, that was yeah. a lot of fun. When can I come back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like that where you you get worked up because you have this preconceived notion of what you think it's yeah. going to be. And you get there and it's like, oh, that's no big deal. And it was helpful or fun or whatever. But So I'm really glad you went and saw her. Yeah. Yeah. And you have plans to go see her again? Yeah, one 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 time's not going to fix all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, that's good. And like I said last week, I figured, and it's just I should have asked you more about it, but I figured when you said that you were taking medication that you had gone to see a therapist and mm. they recommended, oh, well, in addition to coming to see me or us talking about whatever, here you you can try this and see if that helps but i'm guessing you must have just gone to your regular doctor and said no she's well she's a she's an md but she specializes in mental health and so mm-hmm. i went to see her um who's not like my i don't have like a regular doctor or whatever but um yeah she she doesn't really do like psychotherapy or anything so um she just handles the biochemistry side um, so I just did that and then left, you know, it's like, hmm. oh, cool. But hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, now you got, now you got both going. Mm-hmm. can only get better. I'm I'm glad you, you seemed, uh, you seemed, you seemed happier, a little bouncy when you came in, maybe a little pep in your step. Did I? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there was just, it, you seemed a little different. Like you seemed, I don't know, lighter maybe. He was also breaking into a conversation. Yeah, yeah. No. I was trying to be sneaky, sneaky <laughs> snake. Yeah, yeah. We've we've already uh, had our conversation interview with Callie and Caitlin, uh, a couple of my friends who uh, 
I just have wanted to get on the show for quite a while to to talk to them about their lives and their stories. And oh yeah, everyone's gonna hear this at the beginning and be like, "What are yeah. you talking about? You're not late. You're right fucking there." <laughs> yeah, but I missed a lot of the conversation yeah. part. Yeah. So we Matt sent me a message and said that he was meeting with Regina and would be a bit late, so we should get started without him. And so yeah, we came down and started the interview, and Matt came in. I don't know, like halfway, about halfway. Yeah. Yeah, it was a whole lot of fun, though. I loved talking to them. Like I said, they're just fantastic fucking people. I can't say enough good things about them. So should we just move on to the interview? and Let's do it. Okay. I remember making an absolute, well, I won't say fool of myself. I was expelled from a meeting of Latter-day Saints in when I first went to, to, to Salt Lake City. They were, they, I just literally, as a tourist, I was wandering around, and this person in a gray shift came up to me and said, would you like to see around? And I said, well, that's very kind. And then she started gathering others, and I realized she was a Mormon who was doing a tour, and presumably there was a little bit of recruitment uh, going along, because they're a very proselytizing uh, sect, as you know, the Mormons. Anyway, she, uh, she, but she gave us a good tour, and we saw this tabernacle here and this here and so on. And and then at one point she said, I just want to tell you a little about the Church of Latter-day Saints. And we all politely stood. And then she said how um, in the afterlife, all families will be reunited. And you'll be with your families forever. So I put my hand up and said, but what happens if you've been good? She, she said, could you leave, please? Because everyone started laughing. But I mean, what a ridiculous idea. How is that supposed to be attractive? You're going to be stuck with every aunt and every cousin and every, oh, good gracious, every, you know, alcoholic or slightly deviant uncle. I mean, Jesus, it's just the most awful destiny imaginable. And they think that's a USP. That's a, yeah, that's what our church promises. Good Lord. My name is Dr. Karen Garst. I am the author of Women Beyond Belief, Discovering Life Without Religion. I also have a blog at www.faithlessfeminist.com. You can find me on Facebook at Faithless Feminist and Twitter. I'm at Karen underscore Garst. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So we're joined in studio by a couple of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. I'm always here. Well, besides you and Matt, and Matt's not here yet, so Matt is actually uh, meeting with Regina Tippetts that we yeah. had on the show last week, which is awesome. I think that's fantastic. Um, but now we've got uh, two of my dear, dear friends, uh, Callie Birdsall Chambers and Caitlin Chambers here in studio with us, and I'm so excited to have you guys here. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. I've wanted to get you on the show for a while now. Um, because it's just, I don't know, I, you know, I, I've grown up in Utah as an atheist pretty much my entire life. Like I didn't, there was a time when I didn't know what an atheist was necessarily. And, but I grew up, you know, quasi LDS, was baptized in the church. My whole family's LDS. I know a whole, so I know a whole lot about the church. Most of my family is still in it. They go to church every Sunday. They hold church callings. They do, volunteer work through the church. Um, and I never had a belief and it was, it was weird and awkward for me for different parts of my life, trying to have like one foot in the church, one foot out. And then once I got out trying to adjust to life outside the church and, and of course coming out to people and telling them that I was an atheist and that was rough. But 
I can't like I can I can only imagine how much more difficult it would be to be you know raised LDS and steeped in the in the in the beliefs that the church holds and the things that they say and do while knowing hey I'm not like everybody else in the church and I'm one of the people that they often talk shit about and that's got to be very difficult um so with that background I I I was the efficient at your wedding, mm-hmm. which I was very honored and privileged that you, that you asked me to do that. The honor um, was ours. <laughs> oh no, it was, that's one of the highlights of, of me doing any of this. Honestly, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, when, when talking about your, uh, sexual identity, do you identify as gay, as lesbian, as bi, as, as what? Um, I think I I definitely would go with lesbian. Yeah, mm-hmm. just more okay. traditional, the L word. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I wasn't sure because I don't know that I've. I think I've maybe heard you use the L word mm-hmm. a few different times, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's it yeah. it doesn't seem to just leap. Mm-mm. No. To the to the four all the time. Uh, so that was Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Hello. Say hi, Caitlin. Hi, hi, I'm Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> and Callie's here also. I am here. Hello, I'm Callie. Yay. And the two of you are married. We are are married. Yes. And you're both, you both share the same type of chromosomal arrangement. We do. That is true. Uh (laughs) Yes. We absolutely do. Uh (laughs) So, so Caitlin, you grew up as a Mormon, Mm -hmm. but you weren't in Utah while growing up as a Mormon for, for the younger years of your life, the younger period. Correct. Because you're so old right now. How old are you? <laughs> I am 37 and uh, a half. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I think that's older than Ryan still. I'm 34. <laughs> you had to think about that. Yeah, you had to think about that. I had to think really about it. like, wait, is it an even or odd year? A, even. Even. Even, so I'm 34. No, I had to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Trying to put all the all the horrendous shit of the last year and a half behind yeah. us. Um. So where did you grow up initially? Uh, Washington State, uh-huh. um, about halfway between Tacoma and Seattle. So in a small Auburn Federal Way town. Uh, yeah. And then I, I actually moved here to go to BYU, of oh, all wow. places, uh, back in 1999. <laughs> so did your whole was your whole family living out here? Did they all move out here with you? How did uh, that work out? Yeah. So I, um, my parents and my two sisters, originally, we were all in Seattle. And uh, my sister came to visit me one summer when I was at BYU, met a boy, fell in love, and she moved out here as well. And then my parents uh, retired and moved out here uh, just a couple years ago. And then my last sister, we are literally helping her move here in two weeks. So my entire family will be here in Utah. See, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that you just came out here by yourself to go mm-hmm. to BYU. I thought yep. like the the whole family moved out here and then you went no, to BYU as no. a consequence. I, I applied to two colleges, BYU-Hawaii and BYU-Provo. Oh. So, yeah. And you big, decided to take step. the big mothership one? Or? I did. I, you know, I like a, some the freedom of driving around. I, the idea of living on an island was kind of like, eh, I don't know. You'd have to catch a plane, so. Provo seemed uh, like the better option. Mm-hmm. Just a road trip away from, you know, life, anything. Well, and I've heard that it's different for Mormons who live in Utah versus outside of Utah. Did you yeah. find that to be the case oh, when you absolutely, moved here? Absolutely. I mean, everyone calls, you know, Provo and Orem the the bubble. And uh, I didn't really know what that meant until I lived there for four years mm. and uh, really realized that it is everyone around you is Mormon. Where growing up in the Seattle area, 
you know, there were four or five Mormon kids in my high school. So, and two of them were my sisters and we were all from, you know, from different wards and we didn't, you know, different stakes. And it was just, it, it wasn't a big deal. Like people knew we were Mormon. They were just like, oh, that means you're my DD. Cool. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but um, yeah, I grew up like devout Mormon, like super, like president of every class, president of girls camp. Like I was like super, super into it growing up. Like I totally embraced it loved it like it was it i feel like it helped make me who i am today even mm-hmm. um but it definitely you know was my whole life growing up boy that's got to be rough mm-hmm. so at what age did you realize that you weren't like all of the other girls in church like i think in high school i had kind of an inkling we had a bunch of gay teachers in my high school and i was always kind of drawn to them kind of like hung out with them and like stay after school and play basketball with them and people were just like eh, why, are you, why are you doing that and i was just like because they're fun and they're nice and whatever <laughs> and i like sports and and i love sports right and i think they knew but i had no clue i had zero clue in high school um it wasn't until uh Let's see, probably the summer between my freshman and sophomore year at BYU. And uh, I worked on a cruise ship in Alaska. My mom will always blame Alaska for turning me gay. <laughs> for turning you. Yeah. All right. I, I know where there are very, there. very few women in Alaska, but uh, on the cruise ship. I would think Alaska would be the last place to right? turn you gay. <laughs> so, I mean, it was the middle of the ocean, I guess, on a cruise ship. But uh, I had the first girl and she was like, you're totally gay. And I'm like, I'm not gay. I go to BYU. Like, wow. and that was my answer. Right. It was like, not because I'm not gay, but I go to BYU. Therefore, I cannot be gay. I couldn't possibly be gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was kind of the first time I thought about it and was like, hmm, maybe that explains a lot of things. If, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I, I hadn't even really considered it uh, until I was, yeah, 19. So had you dated before? Yeah, like I'd gone on dates. You know, I dated a you know boy in the football team, and I was on the softball team, and like we went to some dances together and made some appearances, but like we never kissed. Like we barely held hands, and um, he ended up being gay. (laughs) He worked at the Gap. I should have known, Um, but we didn't know. We just we didn't know in high school. It was you know late nineties, and it just wasn't it. It just wasn't a thing, and I was so Mormon. It just wasn't. On the front of my mind. They're just like, yeah, I'm going to date and whatever and went to dances and, you know, did did the things. But it wasn't – I never had like a serious boyfriend. But I, I wasn't interested in girls really yeah. at the time. I didn't, I didn't really realize anyway. Do you think being like the Mormon religion kind of didn't even bring that thought to the foreground at all when you were – because you were so devoutly yeah. Mormon. Yeah. Like super – like went, you know, waited until I was 14, went to my first church dance and then, you know, when I was 16, went on – like actually went on a date and like, you know, did the little steps that, you know, little Mormon girls do yeah. and it was – it was fun. But there uh, there were not very many Mormon boys to date. There were way more girls in our stake than guys and like, you know, I was athletic and super confident and the guys were just, you know, not interested in me and I just was like, eh, whatever. I'll – Move to Provo, and then I can date all kinds of boys. But no, it didn't really happen. 
Yeah, once I move to Provo, everything will be everything will change. Right? It'll be so much different. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be married at eighteen. Yeah, mm-hmm. have a return missionary husband. Yeah. that was. I mean, that's what everyone like supposedly yeah. did. I had a couple of roommates that that did that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I grew up playing softball. I grew up playing sports. And I remember uh, my senior year of summer, um, I was playing softball, and uh, one of the girls was like, "Oh, I have a crush on you." And I was like, "Ew, no! Like, no, we can't. That's not. I I don't. I'm Mormon. Like, I'm going to BYU." And I remember. A friend like um, jokingly sent me a postcard with a rainbow on it. And she was like, "There are no gays in Utah. You'll be fine." Like <laughs> telling me to go and like to just get away from this girl that like had a crush on uh. me. And I was like, "Yeah, there are no gays in Utah. It'll be fine. Like it won't be a um, what is it like, like a, a test? Okay, right? You know, because that's what they said. It was you know, it's just a test. And if you you can just choose not to be. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine." <laughs> but she'd paid more attention to me than any boy had thus far. But I was like, nope, nope, I'm going to BYU. This is this is my life. Like I'm going to be devout Mormon. So, <laughs> so and then, <laughs> well, yeah, that was, well, yeah. that that wasn't that long ago. When did you attend BYU? Uh, I uh, started in 1999, and I graduated. Actually, they let me graduate um, in 2003. So you said they let you graduate. They didn't figure it out. I think oh. I. Uh, they almost figured it I, out. It was close, honestly. Oh, okay. I think I uh, I moved every semester to get different roommates because I felt like my roommates could kind of tell mm-hmm. like or they were figuring it out because I figured it out after my freshman year and I was like, oh crap, what do I do? Like I need to get out of here. Like I I didn't swear. Like I was I didn't drink. I didn't do you know. I followed all of the rules except suddenly I recognized my attraction for women and was like, oh no, what do I do? (laughs) And then it was like, nope, this is a test. Like this is a challenge. Mm. I'm going to deny it, whatever. And then um, I just was like, is it a test? Is it like, maybe this is me. Like girls find me way more attractive than guys do. (laughs) And it's, it was fun. Like suddenly I was in this whole like dating pool and it was like, huh. So I stopped going to dating sites at the BYU library because I was afraid they were going to catch me. And, you uh, know, the internet was new. It was like 2000, 99, yeah. 2000. Oh, so you were visiting gay websites while at BYU it, um, a chat in room. the library? It was a chat room yeah. was the first. Because, I mean, we didn't have – Was it Was it a few, I, It was wasn't a, MySpace. <laughs> I did not ever do that. But Was it a BYU chat room of all the gay people from BYU? I wish. I wish it was. I did not really know or connect with any gay BYU students during the time. So I suddenly had to create a separate identity and literally move to or come up to Salt Lake on the weekends. And people would know me as Kate. And then I lived in when I was at Provo at BYU, people would call me Caitlin. And so I knew if someone like sent me a text or because it was like, you know, the new cell phone age, if they called me Kate... (laughs) I knew they knew me as the gay Kate. Yeah. And if it was Kate Lynn, it was like, oh, you're a Mormon. Okay, we're good. So <laughs> I literally had to create kind of a second identity and uh, live two completely separate lives. So when I was in Provo, I was I went to church. I, you know, did all my scripture studies. You have to study religion as at BYU. That is part of the gig. And um, then on the weekends or every other weekend, I'd come up to Salt Lake, hang out with new friends, and, you know, stay over at their places and just like have this totally separate life. I would almost be paranoid all the time with a separate life oh, because yeah. like even though you're in Salt Lake, it's not that far from Provo. It really it's isn't. not Yeah, it's not saying one of your BYU friends can't come up to Provo and, and you might be at a shopping center somewhere right. with your friends that know you as Kate. 
right? Like, oh, hey, and like, oh, is this? Yeah, I know it. It was it was totally nerve wracking. You're just always on edge and like, uh, you know. But I was like, if you're gonna run into me at a gay bar, then you shouldn't be here either. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I just kind of played it casual and, you know, I wasn't like out a lot. I, I just, you know, every once in a while we'd go to a club or something, but you were worried, like, are they going to check the roles? Like, do you have to write your name down? You have to show oh. your ID? Like, you know, they talked about the witch hunts of them going to the gay bars and like, if you bought a membership, they could hunt you down and kick you out. And I had heard of some people that had happened to the semester before me. So I would never buy a membership. I would always, you know, try to walk in with somebody that would sponsor me me to walk in so I wouldn't have to write my name down. Oh, yeah, this was, this oh, was the back when Utah had the private club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, so the liquor laws in Utah, I'm sure most Perfect. of our audience knows, are a <laughs> little bit fucking weird. And for a while, we had where you you had to operate as a private club. If you sold hard alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, if you sold booze instead of just beer, you weren't just a beer bar or a restaurant or whatever, you, you had to say that you were a private club and then you could sell memberships and then your members could come to your private club. I don't even, I don't even know how they figured that was going to address any problems. It didn't. So or... all you did was pay 20 bucks a year for each bar you went to. And it went straight to the DABC. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The DABC made money off yeah. of that. Well, and BYU could track it. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> mm-hmm. that or DABC... the LDS search could just uh-huh. track True. it. Totally. Yeah. And DABC is the Depart- Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control. Yeah. Here in Utah, otherwise known as the LDS Church. <laughs> but, um, so let's back up a little bit. So sure. you decide that you want to go to BYU. You apply mm-hmm. to BYU, Idaho, BYU, Mothership. And, Hawaii. Yeah. Or what did I it say? It was still Rex. Idaho. Yeah, it was oh, still sorry. Rex at the time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> instead of going to Hawaii, you come here to Utah. Mm-hmm. And you came out here by yourself. You didn't have any family out here at mm-hmm. all? Nope, no. Didn't know anybody mm-hmm. else. I one kid from high school uh, came and we were we were roommates, so I knew one person, um, and we were both freshmen together, and we lived in the dorms together. Oh wow! Do the how do the do- I, well? I've been to the female dorms at BYU. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't <laughs> allow guys in there. Yeah, we weren't supposed only into to be the there. kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we weren't supposed to be there. We we met some girls at a club. In Provo, and huh. they took us back to their dorm room. We had to sneak in, yeah, sneak out. It I mean, was, there are RAs like it's strict. Oh yeah, well, and there was there's this whole sordid thing of me being very drunk and making out with this girl with long curly hair, and I had gum in my mouth, and it fell out, oh. <laughs> fell out of my mouth <laughs> into her hair while we're making out on the ground. And yeah, she was she was underneath me, and my gum <laughs> fell out into her hair, and then I tried. To play it cool and just chew my gum out of her hair. So that she wouldn't so she wouldn't notice. Lesson learned. And it was an abject failure and just turned it into this big rat's nest in her hair. And then she complained. Uh so I got her number and everything before we left. Well, but then she just said you had to pay for her barber bill. Yeah. <laughs> she had no idea it was me. <laughs> She complained to me the next day that somebody must have put gum in my hair at the club. <laughs> I've got this big wad of gum in my hair. I felt like an asshole. And now it's a funny story that I tell people mm-hmm. on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, but I don't remember if she had a roommate or not. I I mm-hmm. think there were two girls 
in in yeah so like we were in room? i mean this was you know a long time ago but uh we had six roommates uh there were wow. three bedrooms two girls in each room we shared a bathroom had two showers and then we shared the kitchen so it was i believe it was called heritage halls and uh then there were like i don't know eight of those in one building so we had a bunch of friends and that was basically our ward and we all, you know, went to classes together and church together. And yeah, they would, you would sign up for your classes and then they would room you with people with a similar track. It was like a new thing. So you, you know, ate with them, so slept like with based them, on went to your, school with them. And they could keep eyes on you. And then, and what's that? I said, and they could keep eyes on you. Yeah, for sure. Cause they were super close. So I remember one girl actually got married from downstairs and I was like halfway through the first semester, I was like, eh, maybe I should move rooms because, uh, you know, a roommate and I actually were getting, getting close and another roommate kind of called it out and was like, you guys like nap together. And I was like, so like, <laughs> what? Like she had a boyfriend, he was on a mission, like we just would take naps after class and it wasn't like a thing like i didn't think it was a thing i had no clue like it was a completely oblivious soshi and somebody called us out and so i was like okay it's weird i'm gonna move so i moved downstairs got a different roommate no big deal it kind of went away um ironically she friended me on facebook just like last week but she oh, was really? like married and has eight kids and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah totally <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was weird. Somebody kind of said, oh, you guys are a little close. And I was like, what? And then I think that was my very first instinct of, hmm, maybe, maybe this, maybe there are gays in Utah. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe I have the tendency to go that way or something. I, I don't know. But it was kind of like my first inkling. Well, earlier, like off air, you said you've always kept your hair short. Yeah, absolutely. So did you keep it short like this all yeah. throughout BYU? Yeah, totally. So I've always kind of had like short, spiky, messy hair. And it's just like since I was kindergarten, I told my mom, I was like, I want short hair. I hate long hair. It's a mess. It takes too long to get ready. Both my sisters had long hair and it was just, it was a pain. So I always played sports. I was always active and I've just always had short hair. So even, even at BYU. Do you think? That was why some people might have it might have stuck out a little more to people like, hey, she doesn't look like look, she fits. You're not conforming look like right. the rest of us but with like, our long hair. My skirt was to my ankles. Like, I mean, <laughs> I dressed the part. Um, yeah. But yeah, but but possibly, possibly, no one really ever said, you know, never oh, a you're... bare shoulder. Oh, never, never. Are you kidding me? Like, I still wear long sleeves. Not like, even at I the can't. club. I no. no. Mm -mm. I don't even wear a tank top now. Like, I can't. It's just a thing. It's like been like I don't drink coffee. You know, it took me a long time to actually drink alcohol. Like it, those kind of things like really stuck with me. So yeah, I don't know. But maybe it's short hair. I don't know if it gave it away or not. But and it's I, not because of the caffeine. She drinks plenty of caffeine. Oh, lots of caffeine. <laughs> they started selling caffeine at BYU now, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that was a big scandal. They was. started doing that. What was it late last year? Was, yeah, it wasn't it just was, it was like it was soda recent. or it was like Mountain Dew? And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now actual Coke, not the gold can. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like all the caffeine-free stuff mm -hmm. that sticks out like a turd in a punch bowl. Mm -hmm. um, so you're so you're at BYU. You're taking naps with one of your roommates. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. It really was so I was innocent. Say, like, when you say taking a nap with your roommate, are you both like laying on the same couch, or you'd say yeah, your own rooms? yeah, like like um like in the same bed, and it happened to be okay. a twin, but um. It wasn't and like we were spooning. We weren't like cuddling. <laughs> I mean, like it was just like we both like like to take naps, and so we were we had we were separate room roommates. We had different room roommates, but we both wanted to nap at the same time. Like school's overwhelming, whatever. So we were just like, I'm taking a nap, and so our other roommates didn't want to, so we just started sharing a room, and 
a bed apparently and <laughs> it sounds terrible it really wasn't it was so innocent at the time like looking back it it really was until one until my room roommate was like man this is this seems weird so i was mm-hmm. like okay bye i'm moving i, I got scared yeah. and ran away and literally <laughs> downstairs i mean i still saw them we were still at the same classes yeah um but yeah so it was kind of but i think that was my first like hmm like i'm too comfortable with this type yes. of thing because I'd never cuddled with a guy before, ever, ever. So, and it wasn't like cuddling. It was just like we happened to be sharing a bed. But like with a boy, it was so forbidden, you know, like you never were that close to a boy. It, yeah. it was just wasn't allowed. Well, and that's one of the that's one of the weird things about BYU to me anyway, is that, you know, for so long, it's like they denied that gays and lesbians even existed. Mm-hmm. And certainly none of them were Mormon. Mm-hmm. And at least 10%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and so, but so they, they, they put you into these situations where if one of you is infiltrated mm-hmm. their, their society and you're staying in the dorm mm-hmm. and you may be a lesbian in the dorm. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's just your playground, basically. If you it could have been, it, yeah, but, it could yeah. have been, but that's, but that's the whole thing. But is no, like, there's so much judgment and well, so and much guilt yeah. and so much like, I just, I remember one day like waking up and they're like, oh, hey, we're going to the temple today. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to. And I don't know what it was. I just was kind of like, hmm, I don't want to. I feel like I shouldn't. And I didn't know why or what it was. And it was from that point, I've never been to a temple since. And it Hmm. was, it was just this, hey, we're supposed to go do baptisms for the dead or something. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I should. They're dead. They can, they can wait. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'm not the one for them. I don't know. I don't know. So that was the point. It was my second semester of freshman year. And I kind of made this decision of, Something feels wrong. Something feels different. That was when I was like, hmm, I don't think I should be doing that anymore. Maybe I shouldn't take naps with my Yeah, that had kind of ended. Right. And I think it was a guilt from that. I think it was a roommate that was like, yeah, you guys are weird. It's not okay. And we're like, she has a boyfriend. Like, it's fine. Like, I'm going to a dance with this other boy. Like, it's fine. But I think ultimately I had a crush on his sister, but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, did, did you wait till after you graduated BYU to actually go out and try dating for the first time? Or? No, I didn't. I did not. I should have. Uh, no. So it was that it was the summer on the cruise ship. Okay. Um, that so summer. it was the cruise. It was. My mom will totally blame the cruise. She still does. So it, was, so it was a summer on the cruise ship. How did you get lined up with even so, going on a cruise? Um, so from Seattle uh-huh. and uh, went home uh, for the summer and mm. uh, needed a job. And I had a friend that worked on this cruise line. And they were like, hey, we need some people. Can you just fill in for two weeks? Uh, literally, this girl was in my ward and was like, hey, can you fill in? And I was like, sure, that sounds really fun. I'm totally in. So I was a customer service rep. And so we like cleaned rooms and served tables and just all the basic cleaning on the cruise ship. And my supervisor, who was the same age as me, um, her name was Christina and uh, married to a dude now, like totally straight, like, you know, things happen. And uh, she, she just kind of took me under her wing and like, we became friends and she was like, I'm going to put you like, cause uh, the crew, we like stayed in bunk beds down below deck. And um, we just kind of started talking and hanging out. And she's like, first day, it was like the very first day we're like loading all the food onto the ship for the week. And she's like, so yeah, you're, you're like totally gay. And I was like, no, no, no. Mm-mm. I was wearing my BYU t-shirt. I was like, I, I go here. I am not gay. Like this is my anti-gay like, t-shirt I don't right why, here. Can you see it? But I'm like, I don't know why people keep saying that about me. Like, I'm totally not. But I was like, hmm, maybe, I mean, maybe. I, I don't think so. No, it's no, it's a test. I'm, no, I'm not. 
And so I tried really hard to like push her away. Um, but, uh, it was actually, so we worked for four weeks and then we got two weeks off. And in our two weeks off, we went on a hike with some other people that worked on the cruise ship with us. And we went, um, so it was Washington state and we actually hiked, um, Mount St. Helens that had erupted and, um, we're like camping and stuff. And then next thing I know, I woke up when we were like holding hands and I was like, <gasps> I'm holding hands with a girl. Oh my gosh. And Wait, it was, you, you said you it, woke up and I you were woke holding up hands? and we were holding hands. We had, we were like sleeping bags all there were four of us two guys two girls yeah and i um was in between a guy and a girl which was totally against byu honor code like i could have been kicked out for that alone because we shared a tent with boys oh no yeah so i remember waking up holding hands and it was the very first thing and i like ripped my hand away and i was like oh my god what happened <laughs> like i didn't drink like there was like it's not like i was intoxicated and didn't know what i was doing like it was very much like something had happened in the night where we had somehow started holding hands and i was like no and um, then it was a three-hour drive home, just she and I in a car awkward alone. Awkward silence. Super awkward silence. <laughs> and because I, I was like, I am not bringing this up, and she's not bringing it up, and so we're just gonna pretend like it didn't happen. Oh, that'd and, be a horrible ride. Oh, three hours. It was rough, and so we just played some tunes and just pretend like it didn't happen. And um, she had already told me that she was bi. She had dated both guys and girls. We were both nineteen, and um, I'm like, how do you even know? Like, I don't even like. Whatever. I don't, I don't know. And then I remember, um, so we were supposed to like, my mom doesn't even know this story. Like I, <laughs> your mom is not going to listen. I really to hope podcast. she doesn't listen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I doubt your mom is in our listening I audience. Not. I know. Um, so I, uh, we got back to Seattle, back to our house and, um, a bunch of the cruise ship people were from out of state. And so my family had the minivan and we're, you know, you know, half an hour from the loading dock. And so all, all of the people in our friend group stayed the night at my house and my parents drove us to the cruise ship in the morning. And so they're like, oh, the boys have to go sleep in the playhouse outside because we had like a playhouse in the backyard, right? Well, that's shitty. But the girl, Christina, could sleep in my bedroom. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay. With one bed. Mm-hmm. Twin. A twin bed. <laughs> I don't know if she was supposed to sleep on the floor. I don't know. So she, so literally my first kiss, I was 19. It happened in my parents' house. Yeah. That was it. It was, yeah, it was 19. First kiss ever. Never kissed a guy. I'd never. And she was wow. like, because she asked me, she's like, so have you like ever like kissed a girl? Like, are you curious? And I'm like, I mean, I'm curious, but I don't know. And, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. So that was my first kiss because my parents, because girls could share rooms. That was the thing. So, I would blame your parents. Right. Totally. No, my mom would kill me. Yeah. No. So well, now, uh, I feel like, now I feel like the closing song has to be a Katy Perry song. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it started with a kiss. And then wow. we went and worked on the cruise ship for four more weeks. And then she was like, run away with me to Mexico on the cruise ship and don't go back to BYU. Holy shit. And I was like, yeah, okay. That sounds great. And then my parents were like, no. You are going to BYU. We're helping you pay for it. You're going back to BYU. Oh, so, so did you tell your parents, hey, I'm thinking oh, of he- running away yeah, to Mexico I mean, with so, this woman? I mean, no, not in those words. <laughs> not in those words. But it was like, hey, so I can take a year off of school and go work on a cruise ship for a year, earn money, and then go back to BYU. And they're like, we and, feel and like. it's good world experience. Yeah, it's Mexico. And, you know, the cruise went on all these different places. It's like life experience. And my parents were like, we're going to pay for the first two years. So go to school 
school for another year and then you pay for it after that. If you, if after two years you don't want to go back, then that's on you. So my parents were like, if you want us to pay for it, you're going to go back. Wait, they were only going to pay for two years of school? Did they figure that you, they would have you married off by the end of that time? Possibly. Probably. Possibly. Or I had earned enough working on the cruise ship for one summer to pay for a year of school. It yeah. was really good money. So, cause I was like, I'll just, you know, save up and take another year off of school, save up all my money and then just finish. Um, my parents were like, if you take off, you won't come back. And so I was like, all right, all right. I wanted to get school done. So I chose school and I went back and homecoming, she came to visit me. So literally came to BYU. I had moved apartments because of course I knew the game by then. Yeah. And so I was living in Orem and she came to stay with me for a couple of days. It was homecoming. We went to the football game, like took her to all the favorite restaurants and um, like, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. Maybe I'm going to take off next semester and at Christmas I'll go with you to Mexico. And, uh, she left and it was October and I literally never heard from her again. <laughs> never again. Didn't call, didn't text, no emails, no nothing. I think I heard from her like, I don't know, 10 years later and she's like married to a guy and she found me on Facebook and was oh, just wow. like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm married now and I'm a cop. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, things changed. Well, did you try reaching out to her during that time? Or? Um, I, I'd sent her a couple of emails and it found out she was dating a guy, another guy on the cruise ship. So I'm like, screw you. I'm not going back to the cruise ship. <laughs> so I stayed in school. And then the next summer I actually worked on a different ship and uh, we, we never crossed paths. I just, I literally never saw her again. So wow. kind of crazy. That, that's really weird though that you, I mean- she came out and spent some time yeah. with you and then I think just... she met a boy and was like, whatever, I'm over you. Next uh, chapter. Did she meet him at BYU? I no. Wish. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think he was like one of the cruise ship owner's grandsons. And I was uh, like, oh. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Sure. Gold digger. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. She didn't marry him though. So. Mm. Yeah. Hi, this is Regina Tippetts. I'm a licensed professional counselor. You can find me at Secular Therapy Project or rctcounseling.com. And you're listening to The Godless Revolution. The Mormon religion is so obviously fake, founded by a transparent charlatan in the 19th century, Joseph Smith. I mean, nothing could be more obvious than that that man was a fake and a charlatan and a liar who wrote a bogus book, the Book of Mormon, although he was writing in the 19th century, chose to write it in 17th century English. I mean, why don't people see through that? I just can't understand it. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So she just disappears. Mm-hmm. Don't hear from her again. Hear from her 10 years later. She's married to a dude. And, you're, and she's a cop. And, and she's a cop. She's weird. <laughs> and lives in the Midwest. Oh wow! Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're and you're still at BYU, <laughs> and w- what did you? Th- so then I became curious. So then yeah. I was like, "Is it just a phase?" And that's I literally went to the BYU library because I didn't have my own computer, or internet, mm-hmm. or anything yet because it was you know 2000. Yeah. So um, literally was in BYU on a chat room, like chatting with like local. I don't know if they were lesbians or how I even found the page, but you know, chat rooms were like all the rage. Mm-hmm. Um, AOL. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally had an AOL account. I don't know. I was crazy because it was at the library yeah, where they keep yeah. that information. I know. I'm just an idiot. I was for sure an idiot, but uh, found someone who was like, Hey, why don't you come to club access here in Salt Lake? And that was kind of my gateway out of Provo. 
And so I went up there a couple times, met a few people, made some friends, and kind of started my secret life of, you know. And this was through somebody you met on the through, in the chat room? In the chat room. Literally in the chat room. They're like, hey, come up. Meet some people your age. Like, because I was only 19, so I couldn't get into the clubs. Mm. And um, so they're like, Axis is uh, 18 and under. Or, yeah, 18 and under. Or, oh, 18, 18 and over. 18 and, yeah. 18 and over on one and side. And then they had a separate yeah. drinking yeah. area. Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't drink or anything. And so then we went to like gay Denny's afterwards. And <laughs> which you, which Denny's gay? is the gay Denny's? Yeah, it was Fifth South Denny's. Yeah, fifth south, 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 third west, uh-huh. <laughs> north west. Yeah. yeah, and I just met a bunch of new people, and they kind of became my crew, and we just kind of started hanging out. And um, yeah, I would literally go to school and do BYU Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday I would go up to Salt Lake and hang out with my friends and have barbecues and whatever. Like live a totally separate life on the weekends. That's got to be, I don't know. I just I can't imagine that not being. A constantly stressful thing. Mm -hmm. Just the fear of being found out and having to live a double life. Absolutely. Well, and then the catch is you have to attend 80% of your church meetings Uh in order to graduate or get your endorsement for BYU. Mm. So I would have to go to church or um, I would go visit. My sister was actually going to BYU Idaho. So I would say I was visiting her a lot. And so like she could forge my name on the roll. And like (laughs) literally I'm like lying about going to church. But if you don't attend... You can't go back to BYU. And so I was to the point of like, I need to not go to BYU. Like, I get yeah. it. You guys have your own rules. And I, I totally get that whole like, oh, whatever you, you should accept things. But it's a private school. Mm-hmm. I yeah. chose to go there. Yeah. Um, I should abide by their rules. I signed a thing saying I would abide by their rules. So I um, well, told. So, so let me back up just a sure. second ago or just, just for a second. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But so you, you stopped going to church. Was that because – you didn't feel comfortable at church or you didn't believe it anymore because you were really devout uh, yes, and, and super going devout. all the time. Uh, so so I, what happened there that you weren't going to church? Anymore? I think the questions definitely came into mind, like, how can I believe in this thing that is so anti-gay? And I think it just became a test of like, okay, is this is this a test for me that I need to figure out if I'm gay or not? Or if this is like something I can push away and not be gay? Um, and so I think it became like this experimental phase of, is this just a fate? Is it is it going to burn out? Is this just a thing? Like, yeah, you know what? If the right guy pays enough attention to me, then maybe I could be straight-ish. I don't know. So <laughs> I've just never had a guy be nice to me before. Uh, like guys were nice. That was just they, they were nice, but they were only nice to me because I wanted to date my roommate. Yeah. Like I was always the like, oh, if you can get in with Caitlin, then so and so will like think something of you. Seriously, I was like the best friend of all the guys. All the guys would come hang out, play board games. Do whatever they like. I was the one they would befriend to try to get them, my roommate, to date them. And but none of them were ever interested in me. I'm like, what is it? Like, is it the short hair? Is it that I'm confident? Is it that I'm better at sports than you? Like, <laughs> I probably, I, I don't know. Um, I, I just all my life, they I was told you intimidate boys, and I'm like, why? Uh, like, why? Like, I, I don't know. I super believed the church at, you know, and at one point I was just like, I could be like, I can do all of these things. Like I had really planned on getting married in the temple, having three kids, um, you know, being with that life and eternity and all of the things like the white picket fence. Like I wanted all of that. And I was super into it. Like I'm going to be a Relief Society president and I'm going to follow all of the the rules. Like I was totally planning on doing that but i don't know what happened that it was just the guys wouldn't pay attention to me but the girls would and it was like great it was fun and i was like oh there's this whole pool of people i can date mm. 
So I'm sorry, Ryan. What were you going to ask? Oh, I was just going to ask if if you've ever uh, asked any bishops about your feelings towards women, or ever brought that up, like, "Hey, I feel different." As you know, what should I do about this? I think I was always afraid to. There was one point I I told a roommate once, and um, she was like, "Yeah, you should definitely go talk to the bishop." And I kind of had made up in my mind that I was only going to go talk to the bishop if I was no longer willing to date girls because i was like once you repent and then you go back on it it's worse so i'm like if i just keep you know just (laughs) testing the water if i don't um, it was always like i had the repent (laughs) card in my back pocket like Uh, i'm like at one point i'm going to repent i'm i I think i should and i could or or maybe i will i don't know and then it got (laughs) further and further away of like maybe this is really me maybe this is who i'm meant to be and maybe this is the real me and it's just been kind of posing as this straight person that's mm-hmm. you know interested in guys because that's what you're supposed to do well do you remember the church like even well because you didn't grow up here in utah and washington bringing it up homosexuality at all or did they ever talk about it in your church or? yeah and it was it was very much like this test that if if you if you thought you were um you could just deny it and move on and then you would be good again as long as you don't act on it or if you act on it and you repent and then never act on it again, yeah, well, and then it, you're they good. Don't even, they don't even use adult terms like gay or lesbian, right? It's same-sex same attraction. SSA. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's like the new thing now. If you, if I, you I've never experience heard it before, but same-sex attraction. As long as you don't act on it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so you I should acted on put it in a box <laughs> and crush it. <laughs> yeah, literally. So then it was just, okay, someday I'm going to repent and it's fine. So instead, I joined the rugby team. Because that made sense. And um, <laughs> she wanted to fully embrace the cliche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Well, so, you already said you played softball. I did. I grew up playing Drove softball. Subaru, <laughs> right. No, wore no, a lot Subaru. of flannel. Uh, yeah. It was the 90s. It was the 90s. And flannel. it was from Seattle. I wore flannel like that. Yeah. It was grunge was in. Um, so I needed another excuse to miss church. So I was like, let me join a sporting event. Um, and the softball team, they didn't actually have a softball team when oh, okay. I started going to BYU. They, had gone away for a couple years and they had started a new one and but rugby was a thing and I worked I actually worked at the Museum of Art Cafe um on campus and doing like food prep and things and one of my coworkers was like you should come play rugby we need a big girl like you to come <laughs> knock girls down and I was like Okay. Well, it's it's not like you're a big girl. Fun. I mean, how tall are you? Uh, five six, five six. I, yeah, and I was, you know, I was a little bit heavier then, and um, but I was, you know, good good enough size to knock people down. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool, and I'd kind of already figured this out, and was like, eh, maybe there'll be more girls like me on the rugby team. No, no, I was totally wrong. They were all Barbies. They oh. were like long blonde hair, and me. And I was like, oh, shoot. I'm like the only one with short hair. This is a mistake. Uh-huh. And it, well, like, it was a lot of running, and I'm super not into running. Um, so, And I'm from sea level. Like, this is like uh, – running here is like a big deal. So, I, And, yeah, I had to get an inhaler, all of that stuff. So um, – but I was like, all right. But it's kind of fun. I, I like it. And it's like this camaraderie with, you know, females, and we get to play against other teams. So it was ironic because every time we played against another team, they're like, so how many of you are gay? And I'm like <gasps> – 
I'm uh, it. Just me. Just me. And they're like, hey, you want to come party with us after? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I remember going to Utah State up in Logan and they're like, hey, come to the bar with us after. And I'm like, okay, but I don't drink. And they're like, perfect. You can drive us home. And I was like, okay. So we went and hung out and they're like, seriously, no one else on your team is gay. And I'm like, we don't talk about it. It's like, don't ask, don't tell. Like, you don't talk like, about it. It's BYU. Yeah. It was like, you. if someone, if the wrong person finds out, you're done. You're over. And I remember them saying, like, the year I got in, in 99, they equated giving, getting into BYU equivalent to getting into Harvard. And I was like, I'm not that smart, but I'll take it. But so I was like, trying to get into another school was going to be really difficult. And my religion credits wouldn't transfer. So I would waste, you know, a whole semester or a year. Um, and the other thing was, I told my parents, I'm like, hey, I want to transfer to the U. I have a bunch of friends now that live in Salt Lake, and I want to transfer to the U. And they were like... Um, yeah, okay, but you'd have to pay out of state. And it was four times oh. the cost oh, wow. to go from BYU to Utah. And I was going to lose a year of credits. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is stupid. If I can just push through another year and a half and just get through BYU, then I'll be all right. So that's what I did. Put my head down, did my classes, try not to flunk out because I was so interested in this whole new life, yeah. this whole new world out there. Um, I struggled a semester and I was like, oh man. And I literally like got an E on a class. I don't even know what an E is, but it's like worse I. than an F. <laughs> and it was like, you're not good enough. And I was like, crap, I'm going to flunk out of BYU. <laughs> but my mind was elsewhere. And I was just like, I'm figuring out my life for the first time. There's this whole new world. Like it was just nuts. So I'm like, okay, let's just get through. So I took like a couple online classes that summer and was like, I'm just going to graduate. And so I did and didn't get caught and got out and oh, I'm so glad I had the degree. did ask you about your grades or anything? Um, yeah, because I was literally, I was put on academic probation one semester and um, my parents were like, uh, yeah, like we can see your grades, like what's going on? And at, that was this, I'm like, well, I paid for that semester. So <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, you're going to have to pay for the next one too because you're going to flunk out. And uh, so I was like, okay, no, I just need to focus and do this. So I studied history. I My whole idea was to go to law school. And BYU has one of the best law schools in the country. Mm -hmm. But the thought of three more years at BYU you well, I was like, yeah, no. So those who can't do teach. So <laughs> I figured, oh, I'll just teach history. That'll be fine. Uh, so I graduated from BYU and ended up um, teaching at some local high schools up in Salt Lake and coaching softball because, again, cliche. <laughs> um, and then I started working in recreation and I really love it. And now I work with kids and teach them how to play sports. So so what did you tell your parents about why your grades had slipped? I just I just said the classes were more difficult than I expected. And it was uh, – so it, my, I studied history. And it was literally like the history of Russia class. All Everyone had gone to Russia on their mission and spoke Russian but me. Oh. And so I <laughs> – They were all preparing to help the current yeah, president. Yes. To, yeah. Mm -hmm, totally that. <laughs> uh, and so literally I couldn't read the books. And I should have dropped the class. But I was like, I need this history class so I can graduate. And I – I just failed. So uh, that was a mistake. So I should have dropped it and taken a different class. And yeah, so I used that. I was like, well, everyone else spoke Russian. It's not my fault. And totally it's my fault. I should have taken a different class. But uh, so I, you know, talked my way through it. But my parents figured out um, literally. Uh, so after your senior year, you get your bishopric endorsement, your ecclesiastical endorsement um, for your last semester. Then no one is checking your church attendance. So. Uh. Except the church, the main, like the church. So they literally called my mom. First, they called my grandma, my 80-year-old <laughs> grandma in small town, middle of nowhere, Colorado, and said, Caitlin's not going to church. So she called my mom. 
And my mom called me and said, the church is calling your grandma saying you have missed the last seven weeks of church. And I was like, what? I'm like, I turned to my rugby schedule. Here's my excuse. Even though I did not go to those rugby tournaments. <laughs> so again, that just became an excuse. But um, so my mom's like, well, why aren't you going to church? And it was, I remember it was like January and I was, you know, living in a friend's basement in Salt Lake and I was commuting. I was like, I only have class twice a week. I'm just going to go down to Provo. I literally rode tracks and the bus and just went there for school and lived in Salt Lake and was coaching softball and like starting to live my whole new life. And they were like, so why is it you're not going to church? Like, what's going on? I'm like, I just, I don't know. And it was on the phone. My mom literally goes, what are you, like a lesbian or something? Ooh. And I was like, oh, that no. And I was like, actually, yeah, I, I think so. And she goes, yeah, I figured. Oh. It was that easy. It was literally that easy. She's like, yeah, I figured. And then we both cried. And then she was like, I just, I don't love your choices, but at the end of the day, I still love you. And I think this is a phase that you'll grow out of, but we still love you and want to know that we support you and, um, and, and get back to you're church. Still how our how big of her? How yeah, big of her? Yeah. Well, and how, fu how fucked up is it that because she's LDS, she has to tell you, oh no, it's okay. You know, you're gay, but we still love you anyway. But I'm so grateful that she did. Oh yeah. I have oh, so yeah, many yeah, friends sure, that, yeah. but you're gay and we hate you and get out of my house. Yeah. So I'm so glad I had at least the lukewarm welcome. Like it was easy. I mean, she came out for me. I didn't even have to say it. I don't yeah. like to say the L word. Like when you asked me earlier, I was like, I mean, I guess I'm a lesbian. I'm married to a woman. <laughs> so I've never dated a guy. Well, that's I've why never I, like kissed a guy. Said, like like I, I haven't really heard the L word out of yeah. your mouth a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but and and the, what I said wasn't meant as an indictment of your mother or anything, but more as an indictment of the church and how yeah. harmful it is in, sure. you know, this supposedly families are forever thing. But mm -hmm. you know, families are forever as long as you're not gay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then we'll kick mm -hmm. you the fuck out. Yep. Well, and there's a there's a weird compartmentalization there too, right? You, yep, yep. you are gay, mm -hmm. but and I don't love that, but I love you. How do you how do they separate that? Mm -hmm. Right, because like they the, think it is a choice. Yeah. They th they thought it was yeah. a choice. Well, they're sort of they stuck thought, with that. They thought, thought. So my, my parents then um, became on board. And ironically enough, my mom was teaching a family proclamation class a couple of years ago in Sunday school. Gross. So my youngest sister <laughs> the whole, made – The proclamation. Oh, for sure. I had to take that uh, class at BYU. Like, oh, yeah. Um, don't even know what so that is. Youngest sister married a Catholic. Um, my second sister is divorced twice and is a single mother of two. And I married a woman. So my mom literally two years ago was teaching this class and she literally stood up in the middle of it, Sunday school, and was like, I don't believe this. I can't teach it. Walked out. Wow. So I'm proud of her. You know, yeah. she has come. She's like, I don't, I don't believe that because of this statement, this family document that my family can't be together because I still love them and, and I believe in what they do and that they're still good people. Go mom. So yeah. So, yeah. so she's come awesome. a long way. So she's mm -hmm. from that first day back in 2003, mm -hmm. you know, to where, you know, she walked me down the aisle to our wedding. Like, you know, she, uh, she's fully embraced it and loves Callie as her own daughter. So has she oh, completely awesome. left the church and religion or is she just kind of like an in-between state? Yeah, she doesn't go. Um, I believe her name is still in the rolls. Um, okay. Luckily for me, she doesn't vote because she claims herself to be Republican. So That's yeah. a whole other podcast. Yeah. So it's hard. <laughs> it's hard because she's like, yeah, I support. Are you guys not conservative? 
Uh, uh, us? Us? Yeah, no, no. Super, super lesbian conservative. Okay, so I'm yeah. all right. So tell me what problems you think. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm, I am so not. Right. I was like, wait. We had to turn off Rachel been... Maddow to come down here and do this podcast. So, yeah, that. That's legitimate. So, so yeah, I, I, she just doesn't go anymore, which, I, which I'm grateful for. My, my father passed away a couple years ago, and, and I don't know where he would have been now, but he was he was always super supportive. He actually passed away um, like two weeks before Callie and my first date. So uh-huh. um, they actually never got to meet, but I, he would have loved her. So <laughs> he, he was supportive of me and some previous people I've dated in the past. So he was, he was on board. So I don't know if they, I think if he was here, maybe they might go to church. He, he was, was supportive of you and, and other female partners. Yeah, had, correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, this is who she is. Like, this is fine. Like this is okay. So we have four daughters. It's fine. Like it's, it became part of, who I am and to, to him as well. So, um, yeah, they fully embrace that. Nope. This isn't a phase. This is who she is. <laughs> and they even got to the point of where they've argued with some of our conservative aunts and uncles, their siblings and said, Nope, this is who Caitlin is. This is who Caitlin has always been. And in fact, some of my super Republican Mormon relatives have even argued with each other of Caitlin is the same. She's when she was eight and she, you know, was playing in her backyard with all of her nephews and was beating them at softball. Um, she's the same person she has mm-hmm. always been. She's still, you know, sweet and still, you know, a good person. And I, I don't think this is a choice for her and that she, you know, is in love with woman and got married to a woman and that's perfectly okay. And some of them came to our wedding. And some of them did come to our wedding. Yeah, I remember that being a little contentious. Touch and go. Uh There are a few that didn't come that I thought were some shocking that the ones that came were actually shocking and the ones that didn't come were even more shocking. In the wrong way. Uh Yeah. 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 And then some sent presents and, you know, and and I thought my grandma would come and she didn't. (laughs) So she's not really, we've never talked about it. So, you know, there's just some family members you talk about it with and some that can't handle it. Yeah. I just, I remember in the lead up to the wedding that there were some concerns about, you know, you had invited all of the relatives and mm-hmm. just kind of let it, left it out there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to be the, we're not going to be the ones shunning you. Yeah. We're going to leave it up to you to decide if you are human being enough <laughs> to come and celebrate. Or recognize or, you our, know, at least wedding, RSVP yeah. or not or say that you can't make it or have yeah. an excuse. But we also didn't want to make them uncomfortable and I didn't want them there if they would be uncomfortable. Right. right. So we, we made a few phone calls and had family make phone My calls. My mom saying, mitigated some of Don't feel that. obligated. We invited you because we love you, but you don't feel obligated because if you don't want to be there, please do not come. Because mm-hmm. we don't want you there. Yeah, <laughs> so there were long letters. Yeah. So it was, it was touchy. It's hard yeah. with a super, super Mormon family. Yeah. But some of those family members are ironically the first ones to like our posts on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time. <laughs> so they support in their own way and yeah. I'll take it. I'll take the yeah. baby steps. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sort of, there's a little bit of reaching out that they're mm-hmm. doing like, Hey, you know, I'm still here. I still mm-hmm. like you guys, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Hmm. So let me see. You said, you mentioned earlier and I and I backed you up a little bit, but sure. you mentioned earlier that BYU let you graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I know what you're talking about. What what were what were you referencing when you were saying? That? So when you go to BYU, you sign the honor code, and the honor code says you will abide by their laws, which mean or their rules. I guess they're not laws, um, <laughs> but their rules of no drinking and no um, inappropriate behavior. None of this hanky panky. Yeah, <laughs> ba- with the male or female. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, like boys. Boys can't even be in your bedroom at BYU. They cannot go down the hallway past the living room 
um, if they are in your apartment and they're Do only they have like a visiting big bright hours. red line somewhere the, drawn the, on the floor that says like no boys past this point did there was like a line it wasn't red <laughs> but it was like nope this is your like magic hallway like the RA would come in and be like no boys past this point God watches wow. this line mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, totally. So, a uh, guillotine in the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. So, did you I, say a guillotine? Yeah, it's a guillotine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Uh, so, I signed this. I I agreed to go to a private religious school, and at the time, I did what I thought was best for me because that's who I thought I was. And then, obviously, you know, kind of figured it out along the way, and it tried to get out, and was like, "Do I go into debt for fifty grand just to go to Utah to get out of this?" situation or do i just keep my credits this is a good school i can get the degree i want i love the professors in my um study in the history department i'm doing really well in those classes it's the religion classes i struggled with too um and like honestly one of my favorite classes was the history of the prophets because it was history and i'm good at Mm. dates and names and things like that and they're like oh but you're doing so well and i'm like uh, yeah it's history i'm I'm good at history (laughs) so um i just kind of took a toll and um, I decided to not go into debt and to, um, you know, working on the cruise ship helped me pay for the last two years and my parents paid for the other two and not having to pay out of state tuition. BYU is cheap. It was, it was less than two grand a semester. Oh, wow. So wow. it was super cheap. cheap. So I was able to graduate with zero debt and I felt like, okay, I, if I can just figure this out and balance my life and still graduate with this awesome degree, I can move on with my life and then figure out who I am and go from there. As long as I don't break any major rules. Oh, but I'm dating a woman. So I'm definitely breaking major rules. It was being caught. And I luckily did not get caught. But I had known of people. Like there are rumors. I didn't know them. Obviously, because we didn't talk about it. Because you don't want to get caught. So um, it was just this hidden underworld of where you don't ask, don't tell. You just, you don't talk. You don't connect to your roommates. You just live with them and you move a lot. and And you had to live in BYU approved housing. So I had to make sure that everything was approved and fall, you know, dot all the I's, cross the T's, met with the bishop, went to the right amount of church meetings, um, enough to sign the role and then leave, uh, so that you could get through and, you know, basically play the game, even though I wasn't abiding by their rules anymore. Oh yeah. Well, and I've heard horror stories from horror stories. Sorry. <laughs> I've heard horror stories from other, uh, BYU students who were found out to be gay or lesbian and you know they're called into the school honor mm-hmm. code office or whatever mm-hmm. and have their interview and there have been several people that I've known attending BYU who not only were they kicked out of school but they were kicked out of their housing and then the school wouldn't release their transcripts mm-hmm. to any other exactly. university. Yeah. So all of that time that they spent at BYU was just completely wasted. Obliterated. Yeah. Like it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which I was afraid fucking, of that. Which is Such an asshole move. Like, yeah. like I, I get the idea of it being a private institution. You sign an honor code. You're going to do this, that, and the other. But to deny you even getting the credit, credit for the work that you've done, I think, and is paid just, for. That's that's yeah. a punitive measure. Yep. That's not yeah. that's not to make sure that you're living up to the honor code or whatever. That's to punish you for being for not different. following their rules. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I think I think that's despicable yep mm-hmm. so i'm glad you were never caught <laughs> me too me too so yeah i mean I've, I've played the game and i yeah lived my secret life and got out as fast as i could wow so you graduated byu and then what 
Um, I was already dating a woman at the time. And, uh, so I had moved to Salt Lake. So after my last semester and I had all my endorsements and everything, you could basically live wherever you wanted. You didn't have to have anybody sign anything else, luckily to graduate. Um, took a couple online classes that summer to make up for the semester I failed. Um, and graduated then in the summer of 2003. So I was dating someone and, uh, I, uh, got a job, uh, teaching. So it was like a permanent substitute teacher. Um, and coaching softball. Uh, so I did that for a couple of years and it was boding well for me. And then I, uh, yeah, started doing recreation on the side and I liked that better than, than the teaching, than getting up at 6 a.m., not like a morning person. You were doing so. recreation, recreation? <laughs> yes. Yes. So on the side, I was, you know, running youth sports leagues and, um, I found that a little more fulfilling than teaching and you could kind of build your own hours and it was more, you know, afternoons and evenings and, so now I've been doing that for over 15 years. Wow. So, so yeah, I just kind of, I got a good job and met the right crowd and stayed around and luckily met Callie a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> More than a couple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, well, and how did you, how did the two of you meet? Work, uh, work ironically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was the, uh, PR manager and, uh, I ran youth sports, uh, for the same agency and, uh, we just kind of hit it off. I don't know. You can talk about that. You want to talk about that? <laughs> well, she was asking around and she said, do you, do you think? No, no. people asked me. Oh, people like, asked you. That's right. Is Callie gay? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> my, gaydar is, my gaydar is broken because I went to BYU. It doesn't exist. I'm so terrible at this game. She's like, I don't know. She walks around in suits and heels and big earrings, big earrings and all of that. So Totally not my type. Nope. Uh, so then I asked her to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our first date was to a fr uh, a coworker's wedding. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yep. Back in 2015. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we went on that date and I held her hand and she was like, yeah, this can't happen. And I was like, what do you mean this can't happen? I'm like, this can't happen. But it wasn't because of her. It was because of it was work. It was, I was, in, ad, I was in administration of the agency that she worked for. That is uh, true. And I thought this is going to end very badly. So not a direct supervisor no. of me per se, but in the line of command. Upper management. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you quit your job. She did. Oh. <laughs> Ironically, I'm still there. Actually, I, I went in and told our director, who is very Mormon and very white and very male, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to go in and let him know. That he would probably hear through the grapevine or through rumors that I was dating someone that works in our agency. He says, oh, well, you know, there's nothing really against that if you don't supervise him. I said, so. Supervise uh, him? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I said, well, so it's Caitlin. He said, oh, okay. And it, I, he, there were no words out of his mouth for about five minutes. But then he surprisingly was very supportive. <laughs> and he said, you come tell me if anybody gives you a hard time or mm -hmm. – he was surprisingly supportive at first. At first. Uh, there's a caveat. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe. And if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, but there is a state where the marriage laws are a little looser. Utah. Utah? Home of America's most powerful weirdos? Our lives could be so wonderful there. Then Provo, Utah? Why would I go to Utah? I love booze, caffeine, and monogamy. Then that must be it. 
So how many brides will you be marrying today, Mr. Simpson? Just one. What, are you gay? You and the godless revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Uh, so yeah, so then we dated and uh, we became, you know, the the talk of the agency and people were surprised and shocked and, you know. And said it would never work. Right. Mostly Everyone. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, watch this. <laughs> so, But Dan knew it would. Dan did know it would, yeah. I... I had a feeling you, and Tracy was like, fuck yeah. You like, Well, and if Tracy, I mean, Tracy was like, she invited her to Moab. On a vacation. On a vacation. And guys. we had been dating for maybe, secretly, mind you, none of you had even met her. You met yeah. her at the bar crawl. Yeah. And she said, you should come to Moab with us. And I shot her a look like, are you fucking kidding me? We don't do this. We do not invite other people. We don't uh-huh. talk to other people. And you don't even know her. This is our adults weekend out. It is. And so the, I, I thought, oh, geez. Okay. If tr- if she's passed the Tracy test already. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's a hard test. <laughs> yeah. It's a very yeah. hard test. Well, and that was the first day meeting Tracy. Yeah. Like, and she mm-hmm. was totally, by the end of the day, she was like, yeah, so you're coming on vacation with us. And <laughs> Callie and I had been like on three dates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Callie's like, oh, I'm going to kill you, Tracy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, we'll see. Because I could read Callie's body language. was like, oh, you're not going on our vacation. <laughs> you are not invited. <laughs> um, but then Callie invited me too. Mm-hmm. So I went on this said vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> so we've been dating ever since. And mm-hmm. uh, took her to Disneyland and Harry Potter World with her family. And we got engaged. Um, at Harry Potter World at the wand shop. She Ollivander's proposed wand on a shop. wand in Ollivander's wand shop. Because she's a fan. Uh, how does this all work? Tell me more. Uh, it was actually pretty cool. So Hollywood. I, I know the story. You told I, me. I love the story. So. <laughs> totally. I know. I was like, I'm pretty sure you know the um, So uh, Hollywood opened Harry Potter Land um, the first week of April in 2015, 2016. And we had planned a family vacation with her parents and her sister and brother-in-law and nephews and the two of us. And um, I had been secretly working with her sister and parents to plan this, to do it on, to, <laughs> to propose on her birthday. So that if anyone thought she was getting special treatment, it was because it was her birthday and not because we were getting engaged that day. Because uh, if you've fact, ever been there and you wear that button, everybody and their dog says, oh, happy oh my gosh, birthday. happy birthday. It's, yeah. it's, it's like almost annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So happy we were annoying. also going to <laughs> Disneyland. And so her sister was like, well, what if she wants to go to Disneyland to be proposed or, you know, for her birthday? And I'm like, wherever she chooses to go because we were going to um, Universal Studios, Harry Potter World, and uh, Disneyland on this vacation. I said, wherever she chooses, that's where the proposal will be. And I was like, but it's going to be Harry Potter just so you know. And <laughs> so it was. And mm-hmm. she chose, I want to be in Harry Potter Land on my on, it had been, on my birthday. On it had birthday. been open for seven days. So I was... Like literally a little, not literally. I was a little kid. Just I couldn't, I could not wait. She's a big Harry Potter fan. Like like, we had to watch all the movies before we went. She hadn't watched them all. I don't know how we got married. I know. Well, I gave you guys (laughs) all the books. Yeah, we listened to them on the way. Traveled in there. Yes, literally listened to them on the way there. (laughs) Uh, So I had called ahead and arranged with um, the park workers that I wanted to get engaged, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, this is great. This has never happened to us." Meanwhile, I'd been watching all the YouTube videos of all the ways it has happened in Orlando. So I was. 
like, okay, so what if we do it, you know, in the Ollivander's wand shop? And all of these are new employees. They didn't know any different. And so I kind of talked them through it. And <laughs> I was like, this, this is, is what, what I would like. <laughs> and um, I left a couple messages. No one had really gotten back to me. We were literally driving through. We spent the night in Vegas. And um, it was the morning before we were supposed to be there. And someone finally called me back. And I was like, oh, hallelujah. Because oh. otherwise I was just going to make it up. And it was just, it was going to be okay. It was going to be fine. Um, but literally the manager that day called me and she was like, Hey, I want to help you out. This is cool. Like I want to be part of it. And I was like, you're the best. She's like, okay. So when you walk in, you're going to say that you're getting a birthday button. Come see me at guest services. Give me the ring. I'm going to put it on a wand. And then we're going to give you guys a special birthday tour of Harry Potter land and go from there. And I'm like, done deal. Okay. So told her sister, told her parents. So like they all knew, like we, the kids were playing along. Cause I mean, they didn't know they were the five and seven. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I'm sure nobody told the kids. Cause no, cause they can't. They would have fucked it up immediately. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so we're like, let's take 92 pictures with Scooby-Doo right now. Cause we need to stall for five minutes. Uh-huh. So, um, and I was like, pissed. I was not having it. I'm like, but the gotta go. <laughs> the sister was stalling for me and it was perfect. So then, um, I get her the birthday button and everyone starts saying happy birthday to her immediate. Like any employee, it's like a rule. If mm-hmm. you're wearing a happy birthday button, has to say it. So we go and we like stand at the archway and this little tour guide lady comes up and she's like, Oh, I hear we have a birthday. I'm going to give you guys a special tour. And so she did. And she's like, Um, we're going to jump in front of this line to go into Ollivander's. It was like a four hour wait. They had been in oh, there wow. for four hours and we just walked right to the front. Kids were crying. Wow. It was bad. And so, mm-hmm. Literally opened up this little back door and we walked in. And people are looking at, uh, looking at us like, who the hell? What did are you those pay people? for that fast pass? <laughs> Which celebrities are right, they? Right. And I'm like, do, do, do. And so we just walk in with our little group and um, they're like, hey, we here. We have a birthday. Let's ha- let's pick you a fancy wand from Ollivander's Wand Shop. So they called Callie up to the front and they're like, 30, 40 people in the room. Yeah. And uh, so they go through this whole like scenario of like, let's try this wand. And then all the lights go off. They made me do spells with the wand. If you've ever seen the video, they make you do all this shit. And then it's, and then they break. Like they tell you to turn the lights on and then everything breaks. She's like, oh, that's not going to work for you. you." So then she's like, you have, you have a special someone here that knows you better than anyone else. And I was so afraid she was going to like pick her sister. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, pick me, pick me. Yeah, my mom. uh, I know. I was like her mom or sister. I was like, oh, pick me. Luckily her sister was like, pick her and so she picked me and um so she's like why don't you tell us a little bit about her so i got to do the whole like oh she's amazing and i just you know i care so much about you and then she like slid over the box the wand box and i opened it up got down on one knee and the wand the ring was on the wand and asked her to marry me and like the whole room was crying like grown men were crying strangers it was awesome everyone was high-fiving me it was the coolest thing ever um it was just it was a really fun experience and so yeah we got engaged in front of 40 strangers and her family and then they all radioed all the staff so every staff we saw and even though I had the birthday button, they were saying congratulations instead of happy birthday. And we got to the front of every line. They, yeah, gave us a tour. They it let was, us cut all the lines. Go get engaged. You cut all the lines. It was cool. <laughs> I think it was because we were the, so we were the first ones mm-hmm. to get engaged okay. at yeah. Harry Potter Hollywood. So. I got free beer at Three Broomsticks. It was pretty yeah. awesome. So get engaged in Harry yeah. Potter world is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Oh, that's delightful. So, it, so, yeah. Just, it gives me a warm fuzzy every time I hear that. <laughs> Love it. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you guys got married and i mm-hmm. i was the efficient and there was a beautiful wedding loved it it was so much fun what how, how are things now i mean you're obviously not attending church these days correct is that what what are your thoughts on the LDS church oh that's a tough one um so i uh i always had said you know 
I need to get my name off. I need to, I need to separate myself from this because how can I believe in something that doesn't believe in me and who I am and who I believe I am? Um, and then, uh, because the church had called my grandma and said, you know, she's not attending, I was so afraid. Like I literally, I told my mom, I, I had a conversation with my mom a couple years ago and I was like, I, it's, I'm, I'm totally gay. Like this isn't going away. This isn't a phase. This isn't something I'm growing out of. Um, this is who I am. I need to take my name off of the church, but I'm afraid they're going to call grandma. And she goes, <laughs> it might kill her. Yeah. And mm. so there was a little bit of guilt and she's old and she was in a home. And like, I literally was afraid they were going to call her and it might kill her. So, uh, there was some grandma guilt there for a long time. And she was a little senile and like, uh, it was rough and our my relationship with her was strained and i remember her telling a cousin like why does she have to dress like a boy and mm. she hated obama and like there were there were issues a small small town colorado farm town super super mormon um, and if you ever drive through there the signs will make you a crazy person the things people have spray painted on the side of the barns. The Trump and barns. The Trump and barns. Oh, and it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but <laughs> I literally it. was afraid it might kill her, might give her a heart attack or whatever, send her into cardiac arrest. I, I don't know. So I was like, you know what? When she passes away, I need to take my name off. And she just, she just passed away this last October. So that's definitely something I, I want to do is, is to take my name off. I have not been to church, uh, since BYU. So 2002. Um, so, uh, it's, it's been a long time. It's just something, every time they come out with a new, you know, thing against the gays, it's just, it hurts. It's hard. Um, I have a lot of friends, um, with, um, kids that are, you know, are interested in going to the church, the gay friends that, you know, I, I actually have a friend that whose daughter just turned eight and she actually would like to be baptized and she can't. And, um, you know, her moms are super supportive and that's how she's grown up and she's gone to church with her grandparents. And they said if that's what she wants to do, then they would support it. But obviously you can't now. And so now she would have to deny her parents and move out and not live with them. And so, of course, that's not going to happen. She's eight. Mm-hmm. So um, they've they're struggling as well. And it's 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 been an interesting conversation of how the church has definitely pushed the gays away more. Whereas when I first came out. My parents were kind of like, okay, so there's this thing. It's like affirmation or there's this. You can like go to church and as long as you don't act on it, you can still be gay. And like they, at first they were trying to be supportive and like, because I was the church, I lived and breathed the church growing up. So I think they were super surprised that I was kind of anti or not so much anti. And I'm still not anti-church. I just, I can't support it because it doesn't support me. It's just, it's that simple. So, um, you know, I quit paying my tithing halfway through college and was like, I, I can't pay my, I mean, I'm paying you for BYU, but I, I don't want to put money into this institute that doesn't, you know, provide me any opportunities to actually be me or to figure that out. So church has been kind of this weird, you know, we just don't talk about it. We just don't do it. I don't, I don't know what I believe in. I, I don't, I just, it's easier to just not it's just a numb yet painful topic. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard. We just we just don't talk about it. And then she met me, who's like, the, <laughs> I, said, I, I can walk you through this. <laughs> How not to do anything religious. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you didn't grow up religious at all, did you, Kelly? No, I grew up in Bountiful. Yeah. And I grew up in Bountiful as a non-Mormon, mm. which was... Probably rough. It very, yeah. It was very, very rough. So as Caitlin said, she was one of five, well, your sisters and two others uh, in high school that were 
LDS in Seattle, I was one of maybe three in high school that in junior high and elementary and all that that were that were not Mormon. And so it was one of those things that I didn't really understand what that meant. All I knew is that on Sundays when everybody was going to church and all dressed up, we were going bowling and golfing and <laughs> hanging out with the family. And that was our quote unquote church. That's what we did because it was family time. Because your parents are cool as hell. My parents are cool as hell. So, um, and that was the thing though. Everybody said, oh, you can't, they can't do certain things on Sundays. And our rule was we can't either. It's, it's family day. And that used, like I said, it meant bowling and movies. So that was pretty awesome. And my well, yeah, friends, the lines are shorter. Yeah. My friends were very jealous. I can say that. But <laughs> mm. uh, when I was younger, I would go to people's houses and I would have, I vividly remember when a woman asked my sister and I what ward we're in. I had no idea what the hell that meant. So I went home and asked my mom what, what ward I'm in. And she said, you tell them you live in this ward. And I said, okay. She said, make sure you say live. And I said, okay. I went back and said that I lived in that ward and it was the third ward and they, Looked it up, and that night, I remember the phone ringing. I remember my mom just nodding and saying, okay. And she didn't say, I understand. And I could tell she was really pissed off. And then she came and told my sister and I we couldn't go to that house anymore. Wow. And I remember that clearly. And I, while it's it sticks in my head, I did have really good friends in high school. And junior, I had a lot of good friends, but it also made my family really close. Mm-hmm. My sister and I are three years apart, but because of that, we were each other's best friends. Um, but... Growing up, all of my friends were guys. I mean, I was your, I was your typical, not typical, but I was your tomboy. I played all the sports. Um, I think the only thing I didn't have was the short hair. But she wore a pantsuit to prom. Okay. So she wants, okay. <laughs> she goes through all my, she's like, how did you not know? I did. I wore gold lame pants to prom. Um, nice. <laughs> with shoulder pads. With, well, I mean, yeah, duh. It was the nineties. So. <laughs> I wore pantsuits multiple occasions to prom. I mean, who knew? Of course, I voted for Hillary. So um, <laughs> I had pantsuits before they were cool. Um, yeah. And so, but all my friends were guys. And then I went to go to college. And then I think it was when I went to Utah State. Um, and I realized, and I hung out with all of my, I had the same simil- uh, same situation. I had six roommates or five roommates and me. And I lived there and I rushed a sorority because I needed, like, I need to be around my people. I need to get up here and meet all these people. And I was rushing and first time drinking because in Bountiful, I mean, the one thing my parents can say is even that they did worry. They legitimately worried that I was either going to convert or marry some Mormon dude or whatever. So when I went to college, most parents are like, oh, don't drink. Don't do all that stuff. They're like, drink, have fun. Go to college. Do all the things. (laughs) Explore. (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely did all of the things. And so I had a great time up at Utah State and I ended up joining a sorority. But when I lived in the in the dorm, I vividly remember coming home one night. Pro- well, actually, I don't remember coming home that night. <laughs> Let me, I remember I came back at some point. But I woke up the next morning and I cannot remember the name of the magazine. It was one of my – it was a Mormon magazine. And I can't remember what it was Ensign, called. Ensign, LDS Yes, living. it was Ensign. That's okay. what it was called. So they there was a page in there and it was about kind of like you have to take responsibility for your actions. And it had been taped to my door <gasps> the oh, next geez. morning, my bedroom oh. door. And I accused my very good friend who was my roommate at the time. And I went to high school with her and played soccer with her. I accused her of doing it. She's like, I would never. I mean, I'm roommates with you. I obviously, we're good. And it was my roommate, Barbara. I'll never forget her name. That is that is a perfect <laughs> example of Mormon's passive aggressive. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Um, Fucking Barbie. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> so I called my mom and I said, "What? Well, I need to get a job or I need to do something. I need to move into the sorority house. A, it's going to be awesome and fun. And B, I got to get the hell out of here because this is not okay. So 
um, joined the sorority, met people from all over the all over the country, actually, actually all over the world. Drank a lot, partied a lot. Um, she she was discover Caitlin was discovering her life, and so she struggled a little bit with grades, and I was discovering alcohol, so I discovered I, I struggled <laughs> a little bit with grades, but you know, got back on track and and really enjoyed that. But it was definitely one of those things that I kind of discovered myself because all I knew was that I was and and I was I hate to say I was popular in high school, but I was pretty damn popular in high school. And it's because most of my, I was captain of the soccer team. I was a cheerleader. I can't believe I said that. I don't like to tell everybody that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Things come out on podcasts. It was, it was a dare. What's that? And in band. And I was like the first person to ever be a cheerleader and in band. And they thought that was so cool. Um, (laughs) Or, or not cool. It was cool. (laughs) Band geeks are cool. So, um, but I had, I had friends and they loved me for. For me, at least I thought, and it wasn't until I went to Utah State and then these quote unquote friends of mine, you can't really do air quotes on radio, but air quotes yeah. friends um, of mine, I, I ran into some of them at Costco or Sam's Club and she said, oh, I just, I went up and gave her a big hug. She was one of my really good friends and she said, I'd, and she just kind of backed off of me. I hadn't seen her in like six months and she said, I don't agree with anything that you're doing. You're going to go to hell. I don't want to be associated with you. All these things because I was drinking pretty much and that was before facebook so i don't even know how she found out but um i just realized word travels and i mean i came back to visit and my mom was telling me she's like the rumors are that you're pregnant and you're an alcoholic (laughs) and you're just doing drugs because mormons here in utah can't not talk about other people like that's they they have no exciting news in their own fucking lives, and so it's like, oh well, did you hear <laughs> did about, about Kelly? So? Oh my yeah. goodness, that's just such a scandal. <laughs> that girl who plays drums in a pantsuit, she's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, no, but I they thought that everything was, I don't know, it was just so worst case scenario, and I was this terrible person, and um, all of the all of my friends that were guys, um, I could no longer be friends with them because they all had wives or. Uh girlfriends or whatever and it's like wait you can't be friends with my boyfriend that's insane so and then they all went on missions so it was fine um but when you grow up in bountiful and all your friends are mormon you don't drink you don't smoke you don't do i mean our crazy nights were playing risk till 4 a.m and drinking suicide Ooh. sodas oh my gosh yeah or sneaking out playing so volleyball yeah. be so, Seriously. <laughs> so like my idea of crazy wild nights was watching monty python 17 times and you know it's just so when I went to college, I really went to college. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's it was different. It was definitely different. But I, it gives me a new perspective. It gave me a good perspective on how, and I would never, ever call myself a, min- a minority. But in the state and in Bountiful, I was for a significant part of my life. So, and it made me stronger. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And also understand it because. I had all of my credits in high school and I was done because everybody else takes seminary. And I never took seminary. So I had all of the credits I needed to graduate. I put, I think that was before you could do college stuff though. So, um, my counselor said, well, you can just, you can just go get an internship somewhere or do whatever you want. And I had heard throughout from all my friends that if you take seminary, that's when you slough, you just don't go to class. I thought, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. So I signed up for seminary right before lunch and I got in there and it was, I guess every, Every year they teach on something different. And my senior year was Book of Mormon. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go figure out what all my friends go to church for because oh, I want to be very educated. I want to understand. So I went, I went in, in that year was Book of Mormon. I went into my class and they were voting on who was going to be their seminary class president. 
Guess who was the seminary class president? I'll Your bet best it was friend. You. It was me. <laughs> no, it was me. And they yeah. voted on me. And they said I was going to be the the seminary class president. And when I I told, I don't think he's the bishop, the the teacher. teacher. Um, I told him. I said I don't don't think you guys want me to be the seminary. I can't do that. I don't know anything about it. And I said, you do know I'm not Mormon. And he said, oh, you're not. And then so he told the whole class. He said, now you do understand that she's not Mormon. And this girl, I'll never forget it. She turned around and said, but you're so nice. Oh, yep. oh. yeah. And Classic. I remember that because I've heard it hundreds of times throughout my life. Uh, yep. So I just thought that. And that really, like, are you kidding me? Oh, you're not, though. <laughs> you're not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't yeah. understand. So, Yeah. <laughs> But then, then she basically became their pet project. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, she's not. Watch this. We're going to convert her. And I didn't realize that. I, I think my parents watched it happen, so they were pretty damn scared. And they were kind of watching that happen. I would go to church with my friends. But really, I was – and then I'd start going to these farewells for all my friends because they were all guys. And they were all leaving, going on these missions. And then it wasn't until I went to college that I realized when I lost them all, I thought, oh, okay, right. They weren't my friends. I was their project. So they were failed, all just failed project. And trying to convert you, <laughs> and then then once it didn't happen, they were like, "Well, now we can't associate with her anymore because mm-hmm. that's just our secret shame. We weren't <laughs> well, able to convert." That's our her. failed project. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our failed project was just sweep mm-hmm. it under the rug and yeah. move on. Yeah, uh, but they're all now my friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so you had mentioned that your supervisor was very supportive at mm-hmm. first. Yeah, right. What 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 did what you mean by that? I'm guessing that means that it turns out he wasn't very supportive overall while um, you were there. He was he was at first, and I think he was trying to be that that guy that was I'm understanding, I support you, I want to be a really good boss here and and all of that. But um it was the the agency that we work for, it was the other people um that we worked that worked with that were so kind of not kind of very judgy about it um, because Caitlin worked in one area and I worked in admin and they thought, well, oh, those, those two aren't supposed to be together. And then they thought maybe I was feeding her information, you know, mm-hmm. like, like who, first of all, who gives a shit what's going on in There's not the administration of recreation, yeah. Yeah. you know? So um, big, big These balls secrets. are deflated. Right. No. <laughs> no. Seriously. Um, that only happens with Patriots. So, um, but the, uh, Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. I got to interrupt. I saw, I saw a, a vehicle out there with a Seahawks sticker and my socks. This, that's her. Okay. What is going on with that? Well, so I'm from Seattle, so right. the Seahawks are given. Um, grew up with um, going to Mariners games. Um, oh, yeah. You know, when the Mariners were good, like in the 90s. Actually, Griff- they're, they're, Ken Griffey Jr. Ken yeah, Griffey Jr., absolutely. A-Rod, uh-huh. yeah, uh, Jay Buhner, <laughs> Edgar Martinez. Anyways, oh, I like Jay Buhner, yeah. I forgot yeah, about that guy. Yeah, bad to the bone. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but really, we grew up, as Mariner fans, also hating the Yankees. Uh-huh. So when I moved here in 1999 to Utah, we didn't have a baseball team. And I was like, yeah, I still like the Mariners, whatever. But I... I hate the Yankees so much. I'm going to become a Red Sox fan. <laughs> so and, uh, it was before we, they were good. We before, are friends forever now. Yeah. So it was before they'd won a World Series. I am not a bandwagoner. I just literally hated the Yankees so much that it made me like the Red Sox more. That, so. that is a perfect answer. Sorry to interrupt. Nope, no, it's no fine. And I'm a Cubs fan, and we're still getting married. So oh, the fine. Cubbies. We, yeah. we are. Already I'm sorry. Married. We're, we're married. I'm sorry. You we're can't still getting married. I used to joke. I used to joke. It's like we're still getting married, and then she's a Sox fan, um, and I'm a Bears fan. So hey, I just check the records. Like, like, Red Sox are awesome right now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're hot. Oh, the yeah. Chicago Bears. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I know. So oh, we just don't I'm talk sorry. about it. We just yeah. don't talk about it. Here, so take, I have take adopted. This coaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's a Green Bay coaster. I cannot even put my beer on it. So um, she literally chose the Raiders. I chose the purpose. Raiders because I'll go to Vegas for that. But no. Um, no and did you guys happen about. to see where they're building the stadium? Yeah, when you on the way down there? there. Yeah. Holy fuck! It's, well, so the hotel like we city. stayed in, or the Tracy and I stayed in, mm-hmm. on our way to Palm Springs. Was right across from where they're building. Oh, it. nice! That's awesome. I was like, "Holy shit! It's gonna be fucking huge!" It's probably gonna be like Speedway. They should name it its own city, but it's too mm-hmm. close to the strip. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm Can't pretty. Wait. I'm pretty excited. Multiple about road it. trips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We, are, we are big sports fans because yes. you know, cliche. Yes. Uh-huh. We own it. It's fine. <laughs> well, sorry, I Ryaned that whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Usually, he's the derail guy. <laughs> we. I, I think we'll we'll be having a conversation, and then I what did we start talking about? I don't even remember <laughs> what we were talking there? about. How yeah. did we get here? Yeah. So it was so. that at first he was supportive, and then was not. Yeah, I think it was more of just um, I can't, I don't even know if there was like a shakeup in administration, yeah. and then it was kind of like Meh, we don't like you anymore, and they they yeah. actually tra- started treating her um, worse than we'd expected, mm-hmm. and it just became a point of. Maybe we shouldn't both work for the same company anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she found a, a really good opportunity and uh, took it. And uh, so she no longer works. So it's been over a year now, mm-hmm. year and a couple of months. Uh, and uh, we're both better off yeah. for it. So Well, plus when you work at the same place and you both have the same bullshit, you know, I come home with the same bullshit of the same place she works mm-hmm. and it's just, you yeah, don't escape it. It becomes it. your life. Mm-hmm. And you just, yeah, yeah. So it's good to have different yeah, agencies to mm-hmm. work for now. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned before the show. Mm-hmm. That you still encounter some assholes. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. <laughs> that when they find out that you're a lesbian, they're kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, yeah. you can't be around my kids. Yeah, exactly. So what? so part of my job is to actually teach kids how to play sports um, and to develop them in, in, through different grades and levels and things like that and teach um, – staff how to teach kids so sometimes uh, so i worked in the sandy draper area uh, a couple years ago and uh, I, I went up to the front desk and talked to some parents and they were like oh you teach my kids soccer like is that oh it's you can i get somebody else and i was like oh uh yeah, yeah no i'm i'm it i'm i'm the one that that does it I, I run the program and they were like oh yeah we're okay i think we're gonna we're gonna go somewhere else and literally left, and I had to give them a refund, and I was like, "Wow!" So yeah, I, why don't, uh, yeah, why don't you stand there while I go back and cry a little bit as yeah. I'm writing you a refund because yeah. you're a fucking asshole? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was it was asshole, just yeah. um it was based off of looks. Like I mean, I don't advertise okay. I'm a lesbian. I, I don't. I mean, I, I wear a ring, a wedding ring, and, and mm-hmm. every once in a while, someone's like, "Oh, you got married," or like, "Oh, something." You know, every once in a while, like a, a parent or you know, participants will come up, like, "Oh, which kid is yours?" And I'm like, "All of them. They're all mine." <laughs> like this is I'm the manager of the program. And they're like, "Oh, you're Caitlin. You're great." You know, and then or oh yeah, we should, you know, fix this or I have a suggestion or something. Um, so most of the time, you know, 99.9% it's positive, but every once yeah. in a while you get that look. Um, I'm, I'm downtown more now. So I, it's, it's obviously more liberal downtown yeah. and, and the yeah. avenues and up by the university and people just, I think are, are more accepting. And, um, whereas in Sandy Draper area of Utah, it was very much like, oh, you might make my kid gay. Like that just <laughs> yeah. look. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, unless, unless, People are putting it out there going, oh, by the way, if your kid is going to this sports camp, she's a lesbian. Right. And you might want to go talk to her. Or if they're just looking at you and assuming, I, they're and just, just judging assuming, by yep, your appearance. Because which I is, have short hair. Can almost be even more of an asshole fucking mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Which is, which is really, I hate to say ironic, but 
what an asshole and how stupid can you be? Because she's the best sports coach in the whole freaking state. So it's like the kids all fucking love you. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure they're telling their parents, oh, I had a great time. Yeah. And Caitlin, yeah. she's been Coach she K forever. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And then they're like, oh, well, we should meet Coach K. And then they see you and they're like, oh, now we're just going to have to move our little mm-hmm. junior person uh-huh. away from here. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I literally, I was like a couple months ago, I was telling you earlier as well, I um, walked out of the women's restroom and an older lady came up to me and she's like, um, can you tell me where the women's is? Cause that must be the men's. And I was like, oh, nope, this is the women's. And she goes, then what are you doing in there? And I was like, um, some girls have short hair. It's okay. I mean, it's not like I have a shaved head or a mohawk or anything. It's just mm-hmm. a little comb over. I mean, it's not, you know outrageous it's not dyed it doesn't matter anyway i mean yeah yeah, so uh literally just judged me and i was like oh i'm in orem i forgot Mm -hmm. i forgot i was in orem and i was like oh back to the bubble reminds me of Mm -hmm. my byu days and yeah yeah, people would just push you into the men's restroom and i was like no 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 and yeah uh, so just just a couple months ago just happened again so it's it's weird so i didn't say this earlier but a little while ago, you were talking about how you're not necessarily anti, but you're kind of trying to figure out where you're sitting with the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm totally anti, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay. Those people learned that, and they're mm-hmm. they're teaching their kids mm-hmm. that you're subhuman. And they leak out little bits of information that everybody eats up <laughs> that creates a subclass of human beings who are still trying to be – Treated like normal people in society in 2018. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Mm-hmm. And I'm anti-Mormon because of that. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. But I've also met a lot of great Mormons. Oh, sure, too. sure, mm-hmm. so, sure. And a lot of super supportive ones that are like, hey, we love your wife. We love, you know, that you guys, what you're doing and, you know, go for it and whatever. And, you know, I can't wait for you guys to have kids and our kids are going to be friends with your kids. And, um, you know, we don't care what the overarching religion says. We still believe in you as, as human beings. So I, I've seen that as well. So they're, they're, so they're discarding the religion. Yeah, that's the part that, that you know, it's a, that's it's, the part that I'm anti. That's the if they want to discard it mm-hmm. and be cool, that's fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then they're getting rid of the shit that I'm anti, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Matt Dillahunty and you're listening to the Godless Revolution. Well, Stan, it's all a matter of faith. No, it's a matter of logic. If you're going to say things that have been proven wrong, like that the first man and woman lived in Missouri and that Native Americans came from Jerusalem, then you better have something to back it up. All you've got are a bunch of stories about some asswipe who read plates nobody ever saw out of a hat and then couldn't do it again when the translations were hidden. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. No, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely, it's, it's tough. And it's also because we're struck. In fact, we're, we're actually really, mm-hmm. um, so we were just talking about it with Dan, the believer movie that's out with Dan mm-hmm. Reynolds. Dan and Reynolds. we saw that at Sundance and we actually got to see Dan Reynolds and Tyler Glenn and talk about the movie. And, and I just, I told her, I'm like, if we could have every member of your family watch this movie and every person I've ever known watch this movie and just understand what they're what's happening the guilt the guilt that the church puts on you i think is is one of the main mm-hmm. focuses of of dan reynolds and because um, it's not just gay it's just because no, he was guilt kicked, in general he was kicked out of byu um for sleeping with his girlfriend mm-hmm. at the, yeah. at the mm-hmm. time so um but that it's still that mormon guilt and uh yeah it's 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 tough it's it's not needed and it's but it's society and it's this whole big bully group it's it's actually interesting i think callie was actually bullied a little bit more 
for being not Mormon mm-hmm. than I was for maybe being a different kind of Mormon and I'll grow out of it phase. Mm. Um, I actually feel like the stories and things that she's, she went through were a little more difficult than, than what I did, even coming out as a gay Mormon and, you know, like cutting myself off from the church and not going anymore. And, um, yeah, I mean, now that we're married, I, I mean, I, I believe I'm cast into outer darkness. I don't know what the, I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what, what's going on, but yeah, so, so we've decided mm-hmm. I'm definitely, I, now my grandma has passed and I've, you know, we're married and I, I need to do it. I need to just do it. But it's, it's weird. It's this weird, crazy thing. Like you've been ingrained with your entire life, you know, don't turn, turn your cheek on the right thing. And I'm like, but it's not right. Doubt so, your doubts before you yeah. doubt your faith. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and we were, we were just talking about this. It was actually yesterday. Wow. Yeah. We were just talking about this yesterday about how, and you were saying how happy you are that we're, that she's like, it's just nothing. We don't have, and that was my whole life. We didn't practice a religion. We didn't go to church. We ever, we didn't talk about religion. We didn't do anything with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just nothing. It's not a part of our lives. It doesn't need to be a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. We're not missing anything because of it. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked You're about missing that. that personal relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's the only one who's really <laughs> going to be there for you in the end. Okay, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Barbara. Uh, was that her name? What? Oh, Barbara. Barbara. Oh, my God, my roommate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just, that's our choice to just not be. At anything because it's not it's not needed i'm living proof that you don't need that um mm. i did i will disclaimer um caveat i was baptized episcopalian when i was 16 years old because my sister my younger sister really needed religion she needed something mm. all her friends were girls she just it had nothing to do with girls versus boys but she just had this really solid group of girls and she felt she was missing out she had fomo really bad and so she just felt, I need something. And so we went church shopping and that was fun. It actually was fun. We went to a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Like, what in the hell is all this? But it's ruckus and fun and whatever. And we found the Bountiful Community Church, I think it was. And the Episcopals had it um, half of the Saturday or Sunday. And Sarah really liked it. I liked the youth group because it was a bunch of cool kids my age that weren't Mormon. I'm like, I'm in. Whatever needs to happen. <laughs> and my parents liked it because they drink a shit ton of coffee and they ate donuts. And so we literally started going to church, mostly for my sister, but I met some of my lifelong friends there, and none of them are religious now. Not one of them. But it was more of a social outlet. It was a social outlet with people that weren't Mormon that were my age, and I had no access to that. And so, and then uh, when I was 16, we decided to get baptized. So I, when I do something, I don't do it half-assed. So I got in, and I'm like, I am going to be the state youth leader of the Episcopal Church. It's fine. I went to Seattle, actually. for some event and I represented the state and whatever. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just like, Oh, free trip. Let's do this. And I'm going to be the best at whatever I do. And so, um, I, I did all of that. But then when we decided to get baptized, I invited four of my Mormon friends and it was on a Sunday and they came cause they're like, it's church. It's fine. And they got approval or whatever from their parents <laughs> and they got to see a full blown Episcopal baptism. And our, I was performed by a woman. It was incredible. And she had the big old head dress on. It was pretty incredible. And they were just in shock. They didn't even know what to do with themselves. And so that was probably one of my favorite moments. It's just like, what in the hell? This isn't so, church. This is not church. So, yeah. Um, this is more like a rock concert. I don't know what's going on. I think I went to church for a year. Too too bad yeah. it wasn't one of them southern churches that played with oh, rattlesnakes. Seriously, right. Ooh. Speaking tongues, whatever. Yeah. yeah. That would, yeah. They would have. That would have been a real shocker. Fork yeah. Tons. yeah. <laughs> so it was, but we shopped around and then I, when I was a senior in college, I actually took um, anthropology of religion. And that's when I, I studied all, I mean, I was a 
fascinated with the Amish. I, I'm like, what? Hmm. This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And I want to read more <laughs> and learn more about this crazy other planet. And then I lived in Indiana and Chicago and got to meet him. And I thought, anyway, hmm. I can study them for days. I could study religions for days because it's just, it's like just mythology. Like people watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, I, yeah, I, I like studying religions yeah. to figure out, you know, what different people believe and why they believe it. But then also just like, it's a fascinating study of why, why would, why this? Right. Like, why uh-huh. this thing? Absolutely. And, and how has this survived this long? Dude, there's like three people on earth who know why they believe religion. Yeah. Nobody else knows. <laughs> they Nobody just do it because knows. they're supposed to. Yeah. yeah. It's just. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, that was something that you mentioned earlier, Caitlin, that you said you can't support, uh, an organization that doesn't support you. Mm-hmm. So, so let's say that tomorrow the LDS church changes its stance on, on LGBTQ issues, right? They're like, we apologize and like they'll apologize to the gay community. Mm-hmm. They haven't offered an apology to the blacks for not allowing them to hold the priesthood until 1978. Mm-hmm. And there was, I don't know if you got, if you yeah. still keep up on any of that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. there was this yeah, hoax like- perpetrated last month where, you know, the LDS church was celebrating, what was it, 40 years like since, event, yeah. since they've been able to hold the priest, since they, since mm-hmm. blacks have been able to hold the priesthood, they were going to have this celebration <laughs> and mm-hmm. all of these events surrounding that. And, there was a person who perpetuated a hoax by publishing a thing online saying the LDS church has come out and issued an apology as part of this memorial uh, celebration thing that they're doing. And so, you know, then there were people who were very happy that the LDS church had, you know, finally mm-hmm. come out and, and apologized for being so discriminatory in the past and, that they were going to make these great inroads in the church. And then it turned out to be a hoax. And then, of course, their hopes are dashed. And they're really angry at the person who perpetrated the hoax, not at the church who still has not apologized, mm-hmm. but at this person who who created this hoax because then, well, they just got my feelings all messed mm-hmm. up now. Mm-hmm. But so let's say that the LDS church tomorrow comes out and says, you know, okay, well, we're, we're issuing an apology. Word came down from on high. Mm-hmm. That we've been wrong this whole time. We're going to reverse our recent policy announcement about separating, you know, children from their gay parents and they can get baptized now. And we're going to be hugely supportive of the LGBTQ community. Would you go back to church? Not tomorrow. Definitely not tomorrow. I would have to, uh, I, I don't think so. I think I'm so far removed at this point. And like, because you, then you start to doubt and you think, okay, is this all real? Like the whole Joseph Smith thing is eh, pretty, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, when you remove yourself from it, because when you are born into it and it is taught to you every day, like you just, you just eat that spoonful because it's fed to you. Like you, you become it. And where now I'm able to look back and say, eh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many other religions out there. Um, if I needed one, I, that probably wouldn't be it. Um, and I, I just, I kind of am to the point of where we, we literally talked about it yesterday. I, I just, I don't need religion in my life. I don't need an organized group to tell me what to believe in, who to believe in. Frankly, I love having Sundays, not going to church for three hours on Sundays. Oh yeah. Best, best choice I ever made. It's so, so nice. Just sleeping. That in. was a choice. Yeah. That just... was the choice I made. Not to be gay, <laughs> but to quit going to church. Right. Well, and she's, <laughs> and to also add to that, she's learned a lot because mm-hmm. when I came along, 
I came along with you. With a whole bunch of atheists. <laughs> with a whole bunch of atheists. And she's like, oh, um, this I is don't one know. Extreme We're going to throw you into the deep end, Caitlin. Well, no, it was, you know, it's, in fact, I think the first it night it was Tracy. With Tracy. It was. Yeah. And she was like, tell me what you believe. And I was like, I don't know. I don't like to talk about it because I don't know. <laughs> and that's just always been my cover. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I'll listen to your sides and her side and whatever. And um, it's just it's just been easier to just not to just not deal with it. And when I do try to think about like the little things and, you know, the Mormon and the, uh, you know, I just, I'm like, wow, man, I was so into that. Like, so, so like I was the one that traveled around and went to all the firesides and bore testimony. And everyone wanted that testimony hmm. because I could recite that story. Like nobody's business. I was a president of church camp. Like I was, I was the like teenage poster child for Mormonism. Yes. <laughs> Literally traveled around the state giving fireside talks of, of what to be. And I, I remember, you know, somebody in our ward came up to him and was like, I wish my daughter believed as much as yours did and uh, just, you know, wanted to be that. And I was like, yeah, I got this. But then, <laughs> like, once you're removed and you actually start thinking about it. It's a little start bit, thinking. It's a little bit crazy. And the whole, <laughs> the black thing and the priesthood thing, that bugs me. It drives me insane. Um, so, yeah, no. No, to to uh, the long answer to your question, yeah, no. <laughs> and we have a lot of um, unfortunate. You know, I I told you a lot of our my acquaintances from high school are my friends on Facebook, and I have unfriended quite a few of them because they make me crazy. But for everyone that makes me crazy, I keep them on there because I know whatever they're posting that's pissing me off. I know that whatever I post is pissing them off even yeah. more. <laughs> so, but at the same time, we're seeing these terrible, like just abhorrent things happen to kids to teenagers in the LDS church. Mm. Um, I even, I almost called her. Mm-hmm. I was five minutes from calling her one day when one of my friends, sorry, one Facebook of my friends. former, yeah, one of my Facebook friends posted on Facebook and they're from high school. They said, anybody want a teenager? And you know, everybody posts that. They're like, oh, my teenager's an asshole, whatever. And she said, oh, no, someone's I, having a bad Yeah. Day. She's like, no, I'm serious. Um, evidently, evidently he's gay. And so anybody want a teenager? I'm not kidding. And I was Mm. I mean, I was like, where do they live? What school do they have to go to? Right. I'm trying to think of the logistics in my head, thinking, okay, how do we I? Have an extra room. We have an extra have room. We have a basement. Yeah, yeah. take them, no problem. At least short term, no problem. Out. Like, yeah, we were in. And so, um, kind of our, we just want to make sure that we reach out to these families and let these kids know that, and it's not, and it's just baby steps, you know, for us, just for timing and everything. But we want to get more involved with, with helping, helping those families, or the, well, actually helping the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. They get kicked out on their ass mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they weren't as lucky as Caitlin was to have family that mm-hmm. loved them anyway. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah, that's, I think that's the most tragic thing that I see with, with religion, particularly the LDS faith. <clears throat> and it's because we live here mm-hmm. that I see it more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just, yeah, children being abandoned by their parents. Mm-hmm. Not, not for something that they've done, but no. for who they are mm-hmm. yeah. as a person. Yep. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that does to somebody. I mean, right. mm-hmm. I've never, I've never had to feel what it's like to, to be a part of a group that isn't privileged. And so just mm-hmm. trying to even imagine the damage that that, that that would do to somebody is, is, I can't even, I can't even put, mm-hmm. I can't even do it. Yeah. I can't well, even imagine how that would feel. Utah has the highest teen suicide rate. It does. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's that guilt. It's, it's ridiculous. And, and I've known some people, especially, because I'm I'm a little bit more obvious looking. Um, I've had a few people come to me and say, "My parents are kicking me out. What do I do? How do I live? Like, what I 
you know, I work here at this, this place with you and, and I see you as an example of like, what can I do? Or could you, would you talk to my mom? Would your mom talk to my mom? My parents have actually spoken to other people and just, you know, talked them through it and like, Hey, we thought it was a phase. It's not a phase. They are born this way. And so my parents actually did kind of become advocates there for mm-hmm. a while, especially for this one teenager. And um, you know, helped him out and was like, come stay with me, like figure this out. And now he's got a boyfriend and he's got his own house and he's got a great job. And he's, you know, here though today, because I was, there was one day that I'm afraid he, he wasn't going to come back the next day. Mm. So I'm glad he talked to me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> that sucks. Um, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And I, I hear that story over and over and over again, every month, every year, mm-hmm. just repeated. and. When, when you see the LDS church doing things like this, the, the policy change that they announced a couple of years ago, that, you know, you would, you would imagine or hope or expect that they would continue on this path of, you know, steady progression toward being more open and loving to everybody regardless of anything, right? Mm -hmm. But when you see them closing ranks and, and shutting down and becoming even more conservative, regressive, more punitive to members of their own community who, Mm -hmm. and like I said, it's not for anything that they've done, but for who they are as a person, Mm -hmm. that it's something that they can't change. Right. It, it makes me so fucking mad. And I, you know, I'm just some jackass with a microphone and, Mm -hmm bunch of bunch of friends that feel the same way but it's not like we have any kind of power or anything and i don't know i don't know what we can do necessarily to change any of that other than be supportive of the, of the people that are rejected by the church mm-hmm. and and, and they claim speaking out about how terrible it is they're the ones claiming to be the moral uh standard for the state you know like mm-hmm. they they run all of it mm-hmm. yeah. and and that that makes it even worse and also why pick LGBTQ issues? Like where is, I mean, that there might be little parts of that in the book somewhere, but what, what about all the fucking liars and cheaters in the church? Why don't you go after them? What about all the scammers and the murderers and the like adulterers and it would go after them, separate them out. Why are you worried about this one group that like kids the people, are dying? Yeah. The people running the multi-level marketing companies right, in Utah right. end up fucking over their employees and cheating on their taxes and yeah. everything else. That- mm-hmm. But yet I'm a bad person. I know. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't get, I don't get, those are choices. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. I, I never will. I'll never understand that. I won't, no, I, I can't understand it either. I, I have never been able to understand it. It's one of the, I mean, the gay part wasn't, you know, the church being anti-gay wasn't a big part of why I left the church when I was younger. It was, you know, that I didn't understand it. I never had a testimony and never made any sense to me. And then I saw the way that it, treated just regular women in the church and i couldn't i couldn't Mm -hmm. abide that i couldn't understand it i couldn't i couldn't figure out why anybody particularly women would choose to be part of a church that subjugated them purposefully and directly and purposely and directly i think when you're in it you don't realize it yeah. You don't. Well, yeah, you don't. I, I had no clue. Well, and it's it's one of those things that you don't even, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, right? right. If yep. you're not taught anything different, mm-hmm. if this is all you've ever known, you've never even had an inkling of a question of a doubt that there was anything wrong with it at all, nope. because it's all you've ever known, mm-hmm. then you can't really put any blame on the person who's in that situation. It's mm-hmm. the people who are aware of this and do embrace it and and 
use it as a cudgel and a sword to cut down people who are different from them that make me fucking sick. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's got to be just about anybody who's in a higher position within the church because they are confronted with this. They are challenged by outsiders, not from people within the church, but they hear from, they hear complaints from out, from people outside the church. So they do know better. And they're the ones who are perpetrating this. They're the ones who are perpetrating it and perpetuating it for God only knows how long that this is going to go on and continue hurting families and individual children. And it's just, it's fucking disgusting. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, one thing before we go, and this may turn into a bigger thing, but, (laughs) (laughs) but when we were in Palm Springs, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you said that really uh, stuck out to me was we're walking down, we're just walking down the street and you commented about how, how great it is, how great and yet somehow a little bit strange, but still so awesome that there are so many openly gay people in Palm Springs that are just living their lives, just being themselves, walking down the street, holding hands with Mm -hmm. their partner, Mm -hmm. you know, just not being afraid to be out and open and just be not even that they have to be out. Like they are announcing it to anybody, but they just can live their life as a normal human being who loves another, another human being. They Uh don't, they don't, you know, they, it wasn't that they felt like they had to hide it or were afraid of it or anything. And that really stuck with me because that's not anything that I've ever had to deal with. That's, mm-hmm. it's never been a concern of mine. Like, oh, well, we, maybe we shouldn't hold our, maybe, maybe I shouldn't hold hands with, you know, my partner here and now because mm-hmm. who knows who's watching and what they're going to think. Absolutely. It's an everyday struggle. Like I, I struggle with PDA. I, she tries to grab my hand. It was just this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were walking somewhere and she tried to grab my hand and I was just like, no. People are looking. It's just this weird thing. People. She doesn't want to make people uncomfortable. Because by, I can read it on their face that they're uncomfortable and then it makes me uncomfortable. So. And I don't give a shit. So <laughs> then we kind of go right in between. I know, but I'm the one who looks gay. She can walk down the street and people don't assume she's gay. They mm-hmm. would never know that she's married to a woman. Um, but people look at me and automatically assume that I am and that's fine. Um, but then when I am holding her hand or whatever, if I put my arm around her at a movie or something, it's suddenly makes them uncomfortable, which then makes me, you know, uncomfortable as well. So, um, but yeah, every day people will basically look me up and down and be like, oh, she's gay. You know, it just is a common, common denominator of my life. And I, I loved that about Palm Springs. I'm like, holy cow, people can just be who they want to be and not have to worry. And, and it's, I, I'm sure it's a personal thing, you know, for me that there are many gay couples that walk down the street and Salt Lake and just hold hands and they're fine and they don't care about the looks or the whatever. And I shouldn't, but I work in such a public industry and, you know, people judge me and, and assume or don't want me to teach their kid or, you know, are you using the correct bathroom or, you know, what do you identify as? as are you, you know, do you want to be a man? I'm like, no, I never wanted to be a man. I'm fully happy being a woman. I just happen to be in love with a woman. That's not, it doesn't make me a bad person. Um, but people assume that just walking down the street mm-hmm. or being in public or, or whatever. So it is, it is so common. And it, in Palm Springs, it was awesome to just, I was like, I don't care. I'm going to hold my wife's hand and this is great. Um, but it's very rare that I actually feel comfortable enough to do that. That's fucking sad. That's, mm-hmm. that's heartbreaking. I, like I said, that, that really stuck out to me when you said it because it's not anything that I've ever even, thought about as an issue Mm -hmm. i I remember when i was younger uh i think i was 16 or 17 and 
I was at a pizza place with my girlfriend at the time and we were like, you know, playing slap and tickle at the table a little bit, you know, like, Ooh. like touching each other's legs and, you know, kissing, holding hands, whatever. And some fucking guy got up from his table and came walking over to our table and he's like, can you do that somewhere else? This is a family establishment. And I was like, like, I didn't grow up. I looked kid. around like, do like, I'm like, whoa, shit, what was I doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, there's no need for you to be touching each other like that in public. And I'm like, fuck you, buddy. What the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you to tell me how I can act with another human being? It's not like we're fucking it at the table right now. Like we're holding hands and kissing. It's, we weren't making out at the table or anything. It was just like, Jesus Christ, man. Grow the fuck up. I'm 16, 17 years old and you're, I don't know, he looked like he's in his thirties or forties. And it was like, who the fuck are you to talk to me like that? I'm like, fuck you. Go away. Should have went and jerked off on his pizza. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, that's just, it's never something that I've had to deal with. And it, it's the shame. I think it is. It's the way they'll look at you or even sometimes just be like, gross or like get room or something. I'm like, we're holding hands. It's mm-hmm. not. So it's become this thing that is not acceptable. And it's people continue to, to treat me that way. Well, I think if you want to get your names taken off or your name taken off the roll, mm-hmm. the LDS church, mm-hmm. you two just need to walk through Temple <laughs> Square, holding hands, making out. Yeah. And just tell them your name and be like, oh, wait, you're. Your name's off that list. Mm-hmm. You're gone. Mm-hmm. Once once we're, we tell them we're married, like I think it should be yeah. that easy. But it's it's a it's a process. Like yeah. you have to go through, jump through these hoops. And I was always afraid of the like, oh, they're going to come knock on your door and try to like bring you back. Like, into the don't fold worry, and... I'll answer the door. They will be fine. <laughs> well, there was. I don't know if that lawyer is still doing it, but the I one found that it was, online. Yeah, I'm that doesn't. Do that, that, okay, mm-hmm. that's what we're we're planning yeah. on doing. Okay. Yeah, we had um, at, so we moved into a new house a couple years ago, and um, you know, walks. The home teachers come knock on the door and they asked if, if Callie was living with her sister. Uh-huh. And so she's sitting approximately four feet away from the door, but you can't but see the, her. They can't see me. I'm so she's the on the couch and I opened the door just super unassuming and said, oh, we've just seen you around. Is that your sister that you live with? And I, she could probably hear it in my voice how, how excited I was. None of your fucking business. And we had just gotten – actually, we would gotten married. We were engaged. Oh, we were engaged. I'd be like, I well, said, that's my sister. It's incest. I said, no, that's actually no. my fiancé. And they both probably 60, 70 years old, white dudes, you know, live up the street. Oh, wow. I've never seen them before. And – the one on the left, his jaw, it was like a cartoon. His jaw dropped. And he didn't say, they both just stared at me for a minute. And the one on the right looked over and saw him and he was like. <clears throat> um, like they're just like waiting for you to say, jaw. oh, I'm just kidding. No. And and he, and so I just, I said that, yeah, that's my, that's my fiance. We both live here. And we're getting married next week. Mm-hmm. It was like. Right yeah, it was really close to our yeah. wedding. And, um, and then he pulled the bullshit that I'm used to. And he said, well, you both seem like very nice people. I'm like, we are. Thanks so much. You go along your way. So, but they, he, his jaw was down the whole time. And I just wish I'd had a camera or like the ring doorbell or something to capture all of this because it was pretty awesome. But it's obvious that they were watching you guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody knows. We, they creepy. call us the girls because we're the girls on the corner. But most people, because we actually lucked into a really awesome neighborhood. Um, in Utah, because, which yeah, is great. in Utah, in Conwood Heights. Which yeah, your neighbors are very Our cool. neighbors are awesome. Mm-hmm. And they, 
you know, we have drinking parties and whatever, and they all mm-hmm. love us and they call us the girls, but then some other people call us the girls for a completely other reasons. So, mm-hmm. um, our immediate neighbors, are, our immediate neighbors, none are, of them are Mormon. Nope, they're not. Awesome. In fact, they told us that when we were looking at the house, they all wanted to sit outside and be drinking on a Sunday. And, <laughs> and they were, we were like, oh my gosh, somebody's mowing the lawn on a Sunday. We can live here. It helped us buy the house. Yeah. They were doing stuff and there you are. <laughs> Cause it, and that's hard. You have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like we are, we're actively trying to have kids and, uh, want to, you know, raise our kids in this neighborhood. And so we wanted to make sure it was an accepting neighborhood and not are our kids going to be judged are yeah. our kids going to be not allowed to play with the neighbor kids like Callie was when she grew up so that's something we have to think about and like what school district are we going to do we need to pay for a private school so that our kids aren't treated the way that we were <laughs> see listeners it's a thing so for the past <laughs> i don't know it's probably been two or three episodes now when we've gotten together and recorded it we it seems to be a recurring theme over the past few episodes that we talk about there are things that non-Mormons do in Utah to signal other non-Mormons and absolutely. to Mormons. Absolutely. Whether you're not, whether or not you're a member of the dominant faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. And, you know, it's, it's if you have visible tattoos, if you're smoking, if you're drinking, if you're doing work outside on a Sunday, yep, it's, on a Sunday. you know, all of these different things that we use to covertly signal, I'm not one of them. Mm-hmm. I have a wedding <laughs> ring on and wear sleeveless shirts. It's really yeah, easy. Yeah, sleeveless, yeah. yeah but I, it, that's funny because growing up, my dad, my mom and dad loved doing that. And on Sundays, everybody would be walking home from church. They sat outside in their old retro vintage lawn chairs, mm-hmm. drinking beer out of a koozie, and we'd be riding our bikes. <laughs> and I never knew growing up that that's what they were doing. They were making a very, very clear statement to our neighbors. Because you were playing outside on a Sunday. And they were drinking their beer and watching. It was fantastic. And I, I, I don't think I knew that until I was about 16 or 17 what they were actually doing. And I love mm. it. I love that they did that. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're glad that our neighbors yeah. did because we're, we're happy in our neighborhood. We got the, we got the bat signal and we figured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then the home teachers, you know, we told them what was up and mm-hmm. they've not come back. Never been And back. it's been great. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Woohoo. <laughs> so. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we end our little interview here? Oh, that's a lot. I, I mean, that was a lot. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, is there, is there anything that we, no, no. that you feel like we missed or that you wanted to say that you haven't had a chance to say? I mean, yeah, I think, I think, um, with the dominant religion, there are good, good people and bad people. And I think that has, oh, yeah, just like anything else. Just made, like, yeah. There's a bunch of asshole atheists out there too. Yeah. I've met them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it just it just depends. It depends on your experience and, and who you interact with and yeah. how they interact with you and you know, whether they choose to put their kid in a different program or whether they embrace it and we're like, uh, you're the best coach around, we want our kid in your program mm-hmm. because you're good at your job, not because you might be a different you might be different than me. So, um yeah. I, I appreciate the people that, you know, don't care and are just appreciative for the person that you are and not for what who you love. So Yeah, what you just mentioned made me think that, you know, it's the people who bitch and whine and complain about quote-unquote identity politics who play identity politics with everybody else. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, well, well, we can't have you teaching our daughter because you're gay or you're lesbian. You might make our kid gay. We're, we're making your identity part of, part of why we will or will not work with you. We're the ones, you know, bitching about identity politics and political correctness all the time, but I'm going to use identity politics to single you out and say, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Hypocrisy on the right. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. In fact, there was, um, on Facebook today, David Sedaris. Did you see David? David Sedaris did a video post today. You should watch. It's no. very similar to that. Oh yeah. Uh huh. And it's just kind of. I love that. Guy. I do too. And he just did this flip of 
Um, and people are all pissed off about it. And I can see both sides why people are pissed and they think he's insensitive and whatever. But I completely love the the post is great. And he's making a point about how overly sensitive yet not sensitive enough we've become. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I love him. We listened. <laughs> we listened to, I think, a book and a half from David Sedaris on the way to Palm Springs and then another book and a half mm-hmm. on the way back home. But, yeah, yeah he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Seen him a couple times live. Yeah. Saw your dad at the last time we went. We're we taking went him again in November. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us yeah. tonight. Thanks this for has been a lot us. of fun. Yeah. I hope you had a good time. I'll <laughs> hear about it. If you didn't, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I really want to thank you both. I love you both more than you know. Thank you so much. So really good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution. Hello, ma'am. My goodness, you have such an attractive little garden here. Oh, thank you, young man. I just planted those flowers last week. My, how they grow. Yes, ma'am. We're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Oh, the Mormons. That's right. I'm, I'm Elder Young, and this is Elder White. Well, you two boys can just buck right off. Ma'am? ma'am. You heard me. Take that Book of Mormon and shove it so far up your righteous asses that you choke, you soul-soliciting pickfuckers. Here. Gosh. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! I really like those ladies. Yeah, that's, I mean, and like when they were leaving, I said, it's finally good to meet you, because you, you and Tracy always talk about them a lot, and it's always good stuff, and... Having fun. I know you guys always go on vacations with them and stuff. And Yeah, I, I love them both just a tremendous amount. They're both just fantastic fucking outstanding human beings yeah. that, I mean, I I just spent a week, a little over a week or a little less than a week with them in Palm Springs. And I mean, yeah, we go on vacation together to various spots and yeah, they're just, I fucking love them. They're, they're awesome. Yeah. Great, great human beings. Just, I mean, they're fun, smart. Just that you, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say enough nice things about them. And so it feels awkward and futile when I ever I even try <laughs> because they're just really, really great human yeah. beings. I, I love them to pieces. No, that's a good conversation. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that they finally decided to come on the show. Yeah. I just needed to get Caitlin drunk while playing beer pong, apparently. <laughs> um, but that'll do it for us this evening. Before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. That would be, I'm going to start with Vanessa. Oh, Michelle Short. Christy Kalbach. Numania. Alan Firth. Larry Wilson. Two Skeptical Chaps. Let the Meat Go Feffy. Steven Andrus. The Fuzz. Janet Uter. Jeff Peterson. Mary Scott Butrakowski. Utah Outcast. Megan Kennedy. Andrew Vladopich. Brandy Hammer. Jeremy Goodson. Angelica Pearson. Wesley Aaron. Sabadakuna. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor Grin. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, contributing, for being Patreon supporters. We really appreciate it. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. I know I did, but I'm entirely biased, but I, I thought it was really good. I, they're just so much fun to have around. I like being, I like spending time with them. So this was great for me. 
Uh, hopefully the audience liked it as well. I think you will because it's just they're good. They're fucking awesome people. Uh, and so until next week, crucify the LDS church's policy on gays. <laughs> Leave us a review, please. <laughs> and rate the show five times a day towards equality.
Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Please. Uh, welcome to. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> the please got me. My name is Callie, and I have no idea what I'm doing here. You're listening to Godless Revolution. <laughs> That's not what I want my job to be. Awesome. <laughs> you can use it. I don't care. <laughs> like, my girlfriend's got short hair. Not as short as you. I mean, it's more your hair length, but. She yeah, wants her. I do. Trip, my hair was always can't really look alike because then that's... she's like, you can't look alike. I'm like, I'm still gonna wear the earrings and the heels and the things, so it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we'll take all your liberal little girls. It's fine. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> that yep. sounded. That is not the drop. Do not play that. We'll take all your liberal little girls. <laughs> that is really, really not okay. We'll find something for him to do. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Are you a believer? A lieber? Oh God, no! She's a believer. <laughs> Shit. I, don't know. I mean, I mean, there's that. I mean, I told you it was coming. This is Callie. Do I just say the drop? You'd think I never worked in radio before. <laughs> Jesus, I did sports radio. This is different. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been recording the whole time? Uh-huh. Oh yep. shit! All right. Okay. Oh yeah, this is all going to make great Sweet. outtakes. Sweet. Okay. <laughs>